I'm gonna let it play one more time. All right. One more time. 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 What's up, guys? Welcome back to the K Podcast. It's your boy Joe Reezy. I'm over here with Proper ASM and Abra. And before we get started, I just want to remind you guys so to many. check out the website, cave.com. That's k4v3.com. We got merch, we got blogs, and we feature our guests on there every week. So when this episode releases, Nico will be all over our homepage. And with no further ado, we got Nico, my cousin, the prodigy. What's up, Nico? <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, man. I'm doing well, man. It's good to be here. Thanks, guys. Glad to have you on, man. I feel like I need a mask, though. You know? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, after... (laughs) I think we're pretty social distance in this. We don't need no mask. (laughs) After what we went through, through, I feel like society, especially the germaphobes, you know, they're they're, (laughs) they're not going back with the masks. Um, Right. You've got everything but the face covering right now. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I actually... uh, how, How this mask came about i actually put the mask on during the mask mandate and then just couldn't take it off anymore so i was like fuck it just keep it on you know <laughs> you know? Was yeah, it's butter. plastered now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah welcome to the podcast man i know we've been trying to get you on we finally got you on you got some housework sorted Looks yeah like man. you got a good studio set up now yeah it's much better than it used to be i had some um contractor issues um we hired a guy to do some work and, you know, we had that big rainy spell a few days, uh, a few weeks ago, rather. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I got some rain leakage. So luckily that's done with and we are we're back in the, the studio now. So that's good. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we're all from California. So I felt like we all kind of were affected by the rain yeah, man. in yeah. different ways. I mean... <laughs> What a Southern California thing to say. We were affected by rain. <laughs> it's too much rain, dude. It's too much. It's rain. People, people got tired of it. They're like, dang, we, we glad no more rain. We don't have any more rain. Yeah, I think rain's coming, finally yeah. done. I haven't seen anything in the in the, in the the weather channel of any upcoming rain. So I think summer is here, guys. <laughs> I love yeah, the man, jazz on music on the weather channel. <laughs> all of the uh, all the Californians were like, "Why is this water not in my water bottle? It's coming from the sky." This is weird. It's not pH balance. Right, 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 right. It's not the alkaline water. <laughs> How dare they? How this dare rain they? is only seven point one pH. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man, it's funny because um. I mean, I've experienced rain in the Philippines, like thunderstorms in the Philippines, yeah. and they are fucking like. It's I'm, I'm traumatized by that shit. I went to the school. I went to school in the Philippines before, and you know, I think from what I remember, I would go to school around noon, Damn. but I'd wake up around eight, and I'd I look out the sky. I look out the window and see the sky all fucking. Dude, when the sky is cloudy and it looks like a thunderstorm's gonna happen, it looks fucking like a horror flick. And the fucking lightning and thunder, it literally sounds like Thor's out there beating ass. You know what I mean? Clapping yeah. cheeks. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that kind of thunderstorm and rain compared to what we're dealing with right now, especially recently in Cali, it's. I'm glad I got to experience that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, contrast. out there, 
out there, they get like brownouts. And so the electricity will go out <laughs> yeah, pretty often. Funny. Yeah, it's right. funny how they call it brown out just because we're, brown. <laughs> we're sensitive. We woke out right, there, right. bro. We woke. We don't say black. That's racist. We're brown out. <laughs> I remember because I was out. born. I was Fair born out. out here, in California. <laughs> then I moved there to the Philippines for like two brown years. out. Yeah, and then the whole street, the lights went out, and you just hear all these kids running. I'm like brown out. Like, what the fuck? I... What the fuck is this? What do you mean brown out? Blackout? Brown out? He said brown out. There's brown out tonight, guys. And speaking of the rain, I remember my neighbor. I would go. I went to his house one time, and like his, his it was like a normal thing. His living room was flooded, and they're just walking around in there. And I remember just his cat was life. just kind of like just strolling on by in the water. I was like this cat don't give a fuck. <laughs> hey, wipe your feet. Yeah, right? Take off your shoes. It's like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's cold. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I also seeing growing up in the Philippines and seeing how they handle rain, like, they be fucking, like, champions. Skimboarding in the fucking puddles, you know what I mean? <laughs> Swimming. Like, it, it's it's cool, you know? Like, if, if, if there's ever a place to, 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 like, examine and see that despite the surroundings, you could still have fun and be blissful. It's the Philippines, I think, from, from my experience. Hey, it's man. more fun than the Philippines. 100%. But Uh-oh. that's like every third world country, though, you know? They know how to make lemons, uh, lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. Yeah. They're Mexico, you know, <laughs> their cousin got shot by the cartel, but they still party. Yeah, they still how's, it, how's it over? Don't, don't even now? make a song about the cousin that got shot. <laughs> exactly. Oh! How is it in Guatemala? Danny in Guatemala. How is it in Guatemala? Is it like that? Like uh, you guys have tropical storms? Yeah, yeah. When I was when I was down there in high school, there was uh, rain one time, and it was just one time. Yeah, the yeah the not the one time I went (laughs) a few times, but one time that I while I was down there, it rained for like a day or two. And uh must have been hard. Dude, it, yeah, it pours and there's a <laughs> lot of thunder, a lot of lightning. And even one time, but it was in a distance, it was from a farther a storm that was farther. There I saw red lightning, which is pretty cool. Red lightning. Red, red lightning. lightning. What the fuck? It sounds like the flash. Yeah. 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 It was pretty flash. Dope. Yeah. Red so, yellow lightning. Check it out. And I also saw a volcano from a distance erupt. Oh shoot! It's like a little eruption. Yeah, so um, cool. But it's it's an active one, and everyone knows like their way around it. So even when it erupts, it's like it's not a big deal. <laughs> oh baby, it's just the volcano. You don't need more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. I remember we spoke on the podcast last time with uh, Rusty Diamond about how in some places it's illegal to to collect rainwater and filter it. Right? No yeah. Worry. Yeah, how about that? In the U.S., yeah. You know about that, Danny? It's because of. I don't know much about it, but I just yeah. uh, Because Nestle wants to charge you for your water. So (laughs) Nestle, (laughs) it's not America. It's Nestle. No water. (laughs) Oh, he's got a little bit of chocolate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But you heard about that, right? He 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 believes there shouldn't be free water at all. You should be paying for it. It needs to be in plastic, or else it can't happen. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's that's, I, that's what that's a statement that stuck with me um, when I watched that documentary. It was something about like they're not actually selling us water; they're selling us just, just the, the bottle that's packaged in. You know what I mean? Right. 
Technically, they're selling us more heavily plastic saturated water because of BP, yeah, BPA, right? Mm-hmm. Yummy. It's like in the Philippines. You're not paying for the, wa- the ice too big, remember? It'd be in a plastic bag. You said ice too big. <laughs> right? You remember that shit? My neighbor would sell it. Not, like not ice fucking, candy. Not water, then, bro. Maybe no, soda. Y'all no, fucking no. drink water out of plastic bags. No, you know, yeah. My you know, neighbor for a while. It was a cold water. It's like she just had it in a plastic bag and she would sell it to you. And she sold, also sold ice candy. Wow. So she's like, ice too big. I was like, I've right, done, um, I'll take it. <laughs> I've, done, I've done Sarsi out of a plastic bag before. But yeah. never, um, uh-huh. never water. That's new for me. The orange, what's the orange one? The orange oil. Uh, soda too, and the, and the oil. 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 Royal. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. True orange. True orange. Yeah. Yes. Not that fake shit. <laughs> <laughs> not fake orange. It's true. Orange. It's true. <laughs> it's not. There's it's no true. orange. Orange honest, is not even an true. ingredient. <laughs> it's not dishonest. It's true. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, let me read this. So the legality of collecting and filtering rainwater varies by location. It's regulated by local and state laws. In some states in the U.S., such as Colorado, it is, ele- it is legal to collect rainwater for personal use. But in Utah, it's restricted and prohibited. Ooh. God has given that to us. Why? <laughs> God made this water. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen like... Ever since we've gone to the, we've shifted over to, you know, the doomsday preppers are, aren't crazy and we should probably look into what they're doing. Like I started looking into like filtration systems and stuff and. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. It's real. I, there's really a movement. I think I, I don't mean to jump topics or anything. No, hop in. Yeah. No, I do fine. think there's a, there's a general corporate movement now where we're trying to get rid of personal ownership. Like mm-hmm. we see that with car subscriptions. We see that with like leasing over mm-hmm. like no one can buy anymore um i think mm-hmm. in 2021 one seventh of all real estate was bought by corporations not people right and i think we're getting to the point where corporations are realizing that if we're serfs on their property they can make more money off of us right yeah. so i think that's Dang, real it's getting crazy so <laughs> well, if, if, you, if you look at them too they have like years of studies and data on consumers which is which is us, you know what I mean? So digital serfdom, that's what they call it. Right. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is looking that way as far as like I mean, I remember uh, we were we were looking into the real estate around like 2021, 2022, and I remember around then there was a movement of like these uh online that kind of almost like Uber style like real estate businesses that are were just buying all the houses. So you could buy from the app instead of through a real estate agent, you know what I mean? But then it ended up falling apart. But so what happens when it falls apart? Who do those houses belong to? You know what I mean? It ends up becoming like all stockpiled to whoever comes in and takes that that bag, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yup, yup. It's hard, man. Danny, what do you think? Danny's a real... It may not look like it, but Danny's a real estate agent. <laughs> what, y'all. The fuck? what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that's the phrase of the night, is it? Just for him. Just for it's him. My that's phrase. a cat phrase, man. <laughs> Every time he gets solo screen time. You guys seen a Pee Wee Herman's uh, Playhouse when it's yes. like the word of the day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? He said the what secret the phrase. <laughs> that's what we all, we, we all get slimed after. 
What the fuck with Nico? Uh, well, if you're asking me about the housing market, um, right now, sales have slowed down. Interest rates are higher. They're looking to get a little higher. Uh, not much more. We'll see what the Fed says. But you know what? Like I've been saying this for a, a while is that when when interest rates were low, I told people take advantage right now till mid-2021, uh, 2022. That's when interest rates will rise, and look what happened. Um, so I hope all those people that didn't listen to me, you know, the profit. Anyways, exactly. No, but um, right now inventory is still it's still scarce. Uh, so that means a lot of people are, will still want to buy. A lot of first time buyers. So I mean, housing market is. I wouldn't say it's hot like yeah. it was a couple of years ago, but it's definitely. It's still pretty active, um, mm. but I really think there's a bubble on the loop. A lot of these, uh, I don't know. It's just a, the economy is just not in a good place, but that's for a different time. Yeah, It's whack. I also heard that yeah. this is a special time in the uh, housing market because in some places it's crashing, but in other places it's it's booming. You know, exactly. I don't think there's ever been a time where that's happening at the same time, you know, like I think in the West coast, especially in California, people are dipping out. So prices are actually going down here, but in places like Texas and in the East coast, you know, those low key Florida. states that people, yeah, they're there. The housing market starting to actually go up because of the, the um, exports over there. Yeah. I wonder if it's like an urban center versus more rural sort of thing. Cause I know the exodus and from a lot of the large, very left leaning coastal cities if i remember correctly mm-hmm. yeah for sure Even i don't LA, know i feel like la's lost population you, you think you think that the exodus already ended but i feel like there's still some there's still a momentum of people leaving california right now right yep i can agree with that it's, yeah it's just getting started wow yeah well we we fucking skipped over the Bye. intro Nico, give us an intro by yourself, man. <laughs> like they're really strict, like. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> so I've actually never been on a podcast before. So this is my first time on a podcast. So. Um, Welcome. It's good to be here, guys. Um, yeah. So I'm Drells, Dreezy's cousin. I'm gonna get used to calling you Dreezy now. So I'm a uh, musician in the Orange County area. I primarily play like jazz guitar. I teach at a local university. Um, that's what I do um, most of the week. When I'm not doing that, I'm a deacon at my church, which is Center Church in Irvine, California. And that's, I would say music and ministry are my two big things. Um, Currently, I'm exploring writing. I've been enjoying writing a lot. So my pastor and I are in the process of writing a, a book right now. And so I'm trying to dip into authorship a little bit, I would say. And so uh, I moon, uh, my day job, because, <laughs> you know, all the music gigs are in the evening. So when I'm not doing music or ministry, which is all weekends, um, I edit grad papers. And so I just do that for the, my university. And so I, I wear different hats as I need to. I think, which is, um, whenever you're a musician by default, you're probably a freelancer. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's me. What, the um, what instrument drew you into music or what exactly drew you to music? Was it just like the theory of it? Because I remember growing up with you, Nico and I grew up b- back in the day. Um, 
And you would always see things kind of, you kind of saw the bigger picture. So what, what about yeah. me drew you into, into deep and in, uh, go, going down yeah. that rabbit hole? I appreciate that, man. Um, I try to, I don't always see the bigger picture, but I try to. So I got wow. into music because, you know, most Asian kids will play piano when they're young, especially in Irvine, California, which is very, Did, how many of you all like were forced to do music to some degree as kids? Were any of you like that? Piano and cello, baby. Not for oh, cello's, cello's kind of cool though. <laughs> yeah. So I was like this. So I was like that. I, I moved around guitar, um, piano, sax, clarinet. Guitar struck me. It was really a social thing. So Jarell and I went to the same youth group growing up. And um, our pastor, Pastor Godfrey, who's now an elder at my church, um, he just needed an electric guitarist. And I actually, Jarell, you might remember this guitar. I recently stole the youth group guitar back from that old church and I converted it into like this monstrosity. Oh, like like I, I put a lap Dealing steel in the pickup. house of God? Ballsy. Yeah. So it's, well, I, I bought it from the youth pastor. So oh. I stole, I stole oh, it. Most, steal it. I stole it in the most Christian way possible. That is a very Christian way. <laughs> thou shalt not steal, but thou shalt borrow. He's going to steal it from you by yes. paying you a very lowball price. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is very that is very Christian history, yes. is it not? <laughs> that is very Christian I'll give you five shrekels. Yeah. So so just to continue the story, so for me, music has always been um at first it was a really social thing. Um I wasn't the coolest kid growing up, and so for me it was like, wow, all these older kids like me for playing electric guitar. That's kind of cool. And so it started off as that, but like Jarrell said later, I, I really discovered the, I think it's the linguistic aspect of music that really inspires me a lot, I would say. Um, it's a very unique, um, you know, we take music for granted, but when you really think about what music is, it's kind of strange that so many people are spoken to by it. Yeah. It's just noises. Yeah. Right? It's like, why, yeah. why, does this, why does this talk to everybody of all different cultures, right? Like there's a, there's a scale called the, uh, maybe I'll demonstrate this if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. So there's a scale nice. in music called the pentatonic scale. And the pentatonic scale is basically five notes. It goes. Uh, oh, let me, let me. The four scale. Yeah, so that repeats in a circle, basically. And so it's interesting that scale appears in every almost every culture, like Japanese culture, blues, African music, Chinese mm -hmm. music. Mm -hmm. Almost everywhere you go, there's some level of so that's blues. You've got yeah. Here. Is it is it the uh, the tonality or is it the um, chord progression? Like, what is it? Exactly? I don't I don't know. It's uh -huh. an interesting argument for spirituality that we all hear this the same. Yeah, I mean, because again, like Irish music, right? Mm -hmm. um, blues. Uh, so my point is that there's a, 
I wish I had two mics, <laughs> so I can't it really talk. Good. It, it sounds pretty time. good, but, though. Yeah. But you see what I'm saying, where that scale is everywhere. And yeah. so for me, yeah. that's what caught my eyes. It's like, okay, why is it that we all love this? Mm -hmm. um, that's mm -hmm. a fun part of it for me, I would say. It's good evidence that we're not just material beings, but there's something else going on. Interesting. Yeah, and I mean, like, if you listen to a lot of different genres, you kind of, and I mean, you don't really get to see this perspective unless you do listen to different genres. Or you don't get to see this perspective unless you do speak different languages. But after 100%. learning different languages and listening to different music, you find a similarity, you know. Um, based on the riffs that you were playing, the only thing that was really different was the rhythm and the pace, right? Yes, it was how I was playing it, right? Yeah. It was how I was playing it. And it was when I was playing it. But what the notes are, all common. So what if I just what what if I just fucking went crazy though and just like spaz like can you make oh. music out of that? Um like sort of like Well that's modern music, very um <laughs> kind of trying their best to that was the nicest bass I ever heard. Uh-huh. I'm even though I'm 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 resisting the to make it make sense. Make so it make sense. Let's let's go deeper into music because <laughs> one of our talking points was uh, Lucifer in music, right? So yeah, yeah, even, yeah. even in the Bible, like music was highly acclaimed. I mean, you go to any church, they start out with worship, right? And I would also attribute that into kind of, you know, how they warm up the crowd before they receive the message. So there's obviously some kind of, I mean, we were... Uh, all of us kind of like Jermaine, Andrew, and I, we rap. Danny was a vocalist for a heavy metal band. It might, oh, it, may, it may not look like it, but it's he sick. was a vocalist for a heavy metal band. An unassuming man of many talents. <laughs> yeah, but there's something with like, you can say that. You, you control the crowd and it doesn't like, look the, like it. The crowd sings along with you. It's almost every entertainer or MC say, We I have the crowd, you know, I have their soul, mm -hmm. or I have. I have their essence or whatever. You know what I mean? You can obviously do something with that. MCs who are aware with their performances, they can set the crowd up and then, you know, switch the song up based on how they set the crowd up. You know what I mean? It's all, it's all about setup yeah. and the and no. more advanced level. hundred percent. It's set up and it's payoff. No matter mm -hmm. what you're talking about. It's music is storytelling, no matter where you do it. Like, mm -hmm. In, in my in my music, which is jazz, we have tension and resolve. And so we have this. And so, oh God. Okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that's a thing in all kinds of music where they do it rhythmically, they do it melodically. I think music is it's, you have chaos and you have order. You have, yeah. mm -hmm. is he going to pull it off? He pulled it off. And so I think that mm -hmm. demonstration of control and discipline is i think what it's the same thing as like sports right like shoot the ball into the hoop how why is that important because it's hard right it's it's a specific skill and it takes time to cultivate that and so i think music is it's the same thing it, it draws people in just like sports do for that reason so do you subscribe into to the idea that um i think it's called resonance where uh obviously sound frequencies there's a scale of it too, right? There's only some some uh, frequencies mm -hmm. that we're allowed to hear. Dogs can obviously hear higher frequencies or lower frequencies. Yes. But Correct. do you think that um, music 
in the beginning was given to us by like by God in order. It's like some kind of magic, you know what I mean? Type yeah. of uh, skill. Yeah. That's a good that's a good you're jumping into these topics fast. I love it. So my so my, yeah, so my hunch, my hunch is that music is another manifestation of what we call the image of God. And the mm. image of God would be or chaos out of chaos comes order. And so Genesis one is it's in the beginning, there was nada and it was nonsense. And then God spoke and then there was sense. And so I think music is very much the same way. Um, I could play a lot of notes that don't make sense. Right. But it's the notes that I choose that matter. Mm-hmm. And so I think in the same way, it's like building a business, the choices you make matter. Um, relationships, the choices you make matter. Um, I don't think animals have the same level of choice and agency that we do. And so whether it's music or business management or accounting or communication, I think there's something unique about humans that's it. We, we are, we are organizing beings, right? We're mm. cultivating beings. Um, some animals exhibit traits of that, but it's more out of instinct rather than intention. I think humans are unique in that way. Like, I don't think animals respond to music in the same way that we do. They might to a degree, but mm-hmm. can they understand the metaphors or the references? You know, probably not. Right. It's interesting so, going back to Genesis and stuff. Uh, they said that, you know, I was talking about resonance and frequencies. They said that, you know, the word in the beginning was it the, the word was God in the beginning. Yep. Uh, John 1 5, you're thinking of in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You're correct. You yes. remember. So the word is obviously like yeah. a, a phonetical sound, you know, yes. a frequency that you're saying. So, yes, um, it's rational. You might call it um, some psychologists will think of it as rational thought. Mm-hmm. Um, some people think of it as the word of God is in the Bible. But I think when you read the Bible, the word refers to Jesus himself. And so um, if you're familiar with Plato and the theory of forms, um, Jesus is like the blueprint by which the world is made. And so when you say the word of God, you're right. There's a level, there's a level of phonetic. There's a level of logical thought. And there's a level of organized communication. And obviously, if there's language, there needs to be someone else to understand it. And so you also, with that linguistic beginning of creation, you get relationship immediately, like from the start, which not all religions have. And so I think that's a, a, a something that people take for granted in the Christian faith is that, like you said, it's spoken into existence, right? It's not like there are two elder gods beating each other up, like a lot mm-hmm. of early Mesopotamian cosmologies, mm-hmm. right? A lot of those stories are like, a guy killed a guy, but here it's spoken. And I think that's a unique, If it, I don't know if it proves anything, but it's unique at least. Mm-hmm. It's worth mentioning. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, from what I remember, I always... I always see angels with harps, you know what I mean? So there's also something with musical instruments and angelic beings. And I just looked up Mm -hmm. the first uh, musical instrument made and I thought it was the harp, you know. Um, But I guess it's the flute and and drums, which makes sense because they'd be the easiest to make, right? Correct. It's less sophisticated. Yeah. So, I mean, going to music theory and I mean, for me personally, I mean, you guys can chime in. Whenever I hear violins on a song dude that shit is beautiful you know what i mean but they have to be played like very elegantly there's a certain like quality of violin playage <laughs> it's cultivated have, 
that you have to be at in order to yeah. be, you know, received and and and, and um, digested. Mm-hmm. But when you play that shit wrong, it, it's fucking it sucks. You know what I mean? Is there is <laughs> what what's the philosophy between each instrument? Like, do they evoke certain kind of emotions? Like, you know, let's say you're in orchestra type of thinking. You know what I mean? And you mm-hmm. want to have the uh, the uh, audience feel scared. Like, would you go more trombone or would you go more get a string? Just talk to me about like mm-hmm. the, the air instruments and the string instruments and the theory be- be- between the difference in the two. Yeah. So you're talking about composition, it sounds like, which is like, how do we choose what notes we play or how we play the notes, right? Well, more and like, because so- I used to make beats on the fucking iPad and shit. And if I have the same chord progression and I play that with like, you know, uh, a synth, mm-hmm. it's different than when I play it with like pads and like a low bass, you know what I mean? Opposed mm. to if I play it with violin, mm. opposed to when I play yeah. it with just like a silent yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think there are a few parts of a note that we can think of that can help us here, right? We can think of the attack of the note, the sustain of the note, and the release of a note. And those three things sort of comprise everything that we think about so for example a guitar i'm not like a violin i can't sustain this darn thing i play a note and i can't control how it rings out very much a violinist can play and with the the strength of how he's pushing down um he can shape that note more than we can and so different instruments have different physics involved right Mm -hmm. My theory, and I don't know if this is, you know, I'm just some guy, but my theory is that I think different ranges of the instrument correlate to the human voice. I think ultimately all instruments are trying to be a voice to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, notes, basically, they, they're like vowels, right? If I go, that's very ah. If I go, mm-hmm. that's a very more oh, right? And so I think it's all phonetic is my hunch. But I don't know. Do you guys like, works for in me? Guys, yeah, in your guys' experience, I don't know what. Do you guys have any experience of that sort of thing in music? Like when you're making decisions. Um, I know some of you. Oh you, yeah. You play. Um, and I, I used so, to like, play saxophone, and so oh, I guess man. I don't know if that it really applies. But I would just try to like see if I can make something cool on my own instead of whatever's in the music book, you know. And it's just the curiosity mm-hmm. of playing and. I don't know. I, I really like playing the saxophone. Like I, I kind of want to get back into it, but you should, man. It's never too late. <laughs> do yeah. it, do it. <laughs> um, Nico, what about yeah, the fucking anomalies that just don't know anything about what you're talking about, but they just fucking spaz they out in- and play music, you know, almost like speaking, speaking tongues, but in music kind of, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 There are some phenoms like that. And I imagine that it's similar to how some kids talk earlier than others. Right. Mm. I I wonder if it's the same part of the brain, although I've heard that some kids don't quote me on this, but if they're on the spectrum or something, some kids like can play music before they can talk. Right. Mm. And so I think it's it's definitely akin to the the, our ability, like some people talk naturally more eloquent than others. Mm -hmm. It's not to say like everyone can talk to a degree, but we know that some people are just natural speakers and some have to prep a lot. Music Mm. is the same way. Some of us have to prep a lot. Some of us don't, and it's not fair, but that's life. And some of us are better at other things than others, right? Some of that's some like you people practice. Are, some people are better <laughs> under the influence of something too. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. It's so weird. Um, 
It's like for some, and my theory on that is for some people, their inhibitions discipline them. And maybe for those people, they don't do well under the Mm -hmm. influence. If your inhibitions are hindering you, then maybe it would help. And so I think it depends on how you're structured psychologically. Hmm. That makes sense. Have you guys heard of um, synesthesia? That phenomenon yeah. called synesthesia. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, it's a uh, it's like the phenomena. Pharrell says he has synesthesia. It's it's a neurological case where, um, like Nico said, kinda... hy- hypothetically, I think it might be someone on the spectrum. You know what I mean? You could argue, but synesthesia is that phenomena where someone can like hear yellow. <laughs> you know what I mean? They could see sounds. See, yeah, see sounds. Right. It's mainly that's what it is. Synesthesia, mainly seeing sounds. So, like sometimes, certain sounds will remind you of specific colors or specific images, mm-hmm. things like that. Too. Yeah, it's a very abstract form of thinking. It, it's blurring the lines. You're not making distinctions between types of senses, and mm-hmm. that can help you be more creative, or it can confuse you. I don't know. So, I, what I don't, do you? I don't, what do you guys think of that? Is that like just a fucking, there's something wrong with you? You're tripping out? Or do you guys think that's like a, you're seeing the no. veil almost? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I mean, that's uh, why Pharrell named his album. Remember? NERD yeah. Seeing Sounds? Mm-hmm. So okay. I, I think it's some sort of tapping into like some sort of things we have in our, you know, like our in our mental, I don't know how to, <laughs> our psychological state or something that <laughs> everyone that just like people say, like, you know, people on the autism spectrum you know like they may be but they're just so incredibly smart on one subject but it's just crazy you know like i think it's just kind of showing like if our mind was focused on one thing like how incredible we could be at one thing i guess 100 percent, 100 percent. and i think a lot of things in our world don't want us to be that we we our world is one that's very compartmentalized in the way that yeah. we think right which is not a good thing all the time. Sometimes it is, but some, most of the time it's not. When it comes to identity, it's not. So to wrap this up with um, music and why I kind of wanted to bring this in is knowing all this, knowing that it kind of has religious, mystical, <laughs> magical background. And the root of it is, you know, it wasn't Lucifer the uh, in charge of music or wasn't yeah. he the worship leader in, in, in yeah. heaven? That's what that's what most scholars believe when they read the Bible. And I think it makes sense why somebody like that would want the, the spotlight to himself. Right. Yeah. Can you, can you just kind of go into like that background of him being like the worship leader, just for, for someone who doesn't know about, about their, um, their correlation, just, just educate. Yeah. 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 So Lucifer in the Bible, obviously we commonly know him as the devil. Right or the adversary. Lil now it's Uzi interesting. Lucy Vert. Yeah. Oh yes. Is that it really is. why? He's, is that why he's named that? I didn't Bro, know that. You tell me. There's a lot of like satanic mm-hmm. correlations. Oh in yeah. Song. All that yeah, Taylor Swift nowadays is satanic. I heard. Oh, I, heard I saw Lil, that. I saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jermaine sent that over, but I heard Lil mm-hmm. Uzi Vert. If you say it fast, mm-hmm. it's Lucy Vert. Wait, why is mm-hmm. Taylor satanic? Yeah, yeah. You just have to so, buy a ticket to a concert and witness it, Andrew. No. <laughs> you won't like come out the same though. <laughs> now it makes sense. I stay up too late. Ooh, why? <laughs> Satan want Jesus wants you to go to bed at eight. Is what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are, up past eight. But anyways, um, so Lucifer rebels. 
So Lucifer, um, it's interesting. The more that I've dug into this, there's a book called, I believe it's called The Unseen Realm by a, a scholar named Michael Heiser. One thing he talks about is that our conception of Satan, um, we tend to think about Satan as a fallen angel or Lucifer as a fallen angel, right? And this might be a can of worms and I'm not super familiar. I'm digging into it right now. But according to ancient Hebrew tradition, it's not just God and angels. Um, there's a, a, there's a, a substrata of what we call divine beings that are not angels or not God. And we call them like little created gods. So like if you think of the Greek pantheon, that's how the Hebrews would have thought of those guys. Does that make Book, sense? Bookmark that. And so that's <laughs> why in the Bible you see people talk about it's not that God is the only God. It's that God rules over the other gods. He is the only creator God. But ancient Hebrew cosmology seems to suggest, according to Michael Heiser, that there's multiple substrata. There are now, don't get me wrong, I'm not polytheist. I think there's only one creator. But, you know, I think it makes sense, A, of a lot of this pantheon-type mythology, and B, um, to round about my point, um, what he says is that Lucifer, Satan, the serpent in the garden aren't necessarily the same person. They could be different of these divine beings that have rebelled against God. Huh. Some fallen angels too. And so my point is, he, uh, it gets blurry when we talk about um, the non-physical realm, right? Because reality doesn't work the same up uh, there, wherever right. there is, or whenever, or however that is. But it makes sense to me that somebody who, um, just knowing me and a bunch of worship leaders, it's very easy for us to make it about how we perform rather than what we're singing about. And so I'm not surprised that it would be him that started things, you know, mm -hmm. it's not surprising to me at all. Um, yeah. People say that he was the worship leader in heaven. Um, I believe there's a verse that talks about nobody shown brighter than him. And so it makes sense. Yeah, that's where that, it makes sense. Lu that's where Lucifer stands for a morning star, right? Which means it's like that's, the brightest star or whatever. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If I, if I remember that definition correctly, I believe you're right. So, so what you're saying is there's no real, like, substantial background if you really dig into it about him being like the worship, because that's just kind of like a Santa Claus thing where it's kind of the surface, surface mm. level story of who he really yeah. is. Yeah. Well, there. I believe I need to double check this because I believe there is a verse that talks about him being a musician specifically. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. Fuck, dude. After doing that podcast with Juan, I wanted to stay off fucking demons. So let's keep this demon shit short and let's go into angels. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> like angels yeah. was any better. They're just as creepy. <laughs> yeah, we're, we'll talk about that too, about like biblical uh, accurate angels and them being creepy. But yeah, Nico, you got cut off. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just looking up a, a verse. I'm still yeah. here. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um... I'm not sure. I need to look. I need to look Fire? this up. I need to look this up. But it that story would make sense to me. I'm not sure where that's where that where that verse is. I can get back to you on that. So to drive everything home, I guess my my bigger question to wrap everything all up is: Do you think that now? I mean, it's very arguable, and I'll go rabbit hole down into this uh, do after it. this. But um, 
do you think the music industry is kind of satanic and how what's your and after that we'll we'll talk about what your definition of satanic is since there's a lot of definitions you're getting to the meat i love this podcast you guys are getting to the meat and i feel like i need to think actually which is great (laughs) um yeah so for me a lot of people think of satanism as just devil stuff right Hmm. but when you look at the the word satan and the idea of what Satan actually did in the Bible, I think Satanism looks more like elevating your ego above other people. Hmm. Anything that does that. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about some created being who thinks he's the creator. Hmm. He's, he's puffed up on his own ego. And so by that definition, yes, a lot of the music industry is satanic, but it's not hmm. because they were devil horns. It's because of the ego involved. Yeah. And then... We can expand Satanism to a lot of things that way, um, rather than just saying, "Oh, if it has horns, it's Satanist." No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Sa- Satanism is radical humanism. It's radical me-centered living, mm. whatever that looks like. Um, yeah. There are many pastors who live very satanically. They're pastors. They they say they hate Satan, but in their ego, they become a Satan themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I so, love that idea. and so, I'm not. I'm not. What yeah, I'm not trying too. to say is that, um, of course, the, these satanic images do have some validity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that it's sim- that if we only stay at the symbolicness and don't go to the root of why Satan is evil, and eh, we 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 run the risk of being of labeling things based on cultural standards rather than what the Bible says. And so, I see. I think it's it, it paints a, a much clearer picture of satanism to say that it's all about um the ego it's funny because you know you see was it the uh the grammys right they had sam smith wearing the devil stuff and i do think mm-hmm. that some of them even though you know you you see it firsthand and it's like oh i can't believe they're doing it putting it on their face i do believe that some of them are just doing it for clout and just to you know get 100%, like a, man. Get, get people to just react like oh i can't believe they're doing this share share you know what i mean which is happening but I love that yeah. definition because you don't really like nobody really knows except for the person that's acting like the quote unquote Satan. Right. Because you know what I mean? You don't know if someone's helping people just yeah. for personal gain, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's I gotta say this though. Oh, it's just like Hollywood. Hollywood and you know, is known for all these sat- satanic things mm-hmm. uh now. Now you know, now that we've been learning more about it. And if you think about it too, like it's crazy. It's funny we're t- talking about this because I've been, I was listening to a few podcasts of uh, actual exorcists. Mm. Um, and crazy, it's crazy. What the fuck? Crazy. It may not look like yeah. it. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but there was one story. There was one story. It was t- funny. We're talking about music too. So there's a story and Filipino. This Filipino girl. Um, Damn. I forgot what college. But she was part of the the big band orchestra, I guess. I forgot mm-hmm. which instrument she was playing, like maybe the violin. I'm not sure exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, so she's she's playing in college, and then she notices that like a lot of her colleagues are getting like offers to play here and there, and and the one thing that um, she would always say is, "I would do anything just to just to go." And the priest was mentioning, like, you know, it may not yeah. think like. No one's listening, but there's always yeah. someone listening. Mm-hmm. Satan, and so what happens is that this girl has a dream that 
some handsome man appeared to her and said, hey, do you want to get rich and famous? Da, 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 da. And like, yeah. And then what they what happens is in the dream, her finger gets cut, signs a contract, and then pretty mm. much the contract burns up. The girl wakes up wondering, like, yo, what happened? She barely remembers anything. But mm. then she her finger's scarred and there's ashes next to her next to her uh what's it called? Her bed. Anyways, her bed. long story short, it uh, shows that she exactly and, and her sleep. Like, long story short, she ends up getting sick. She uh they reach out and get an exorcist uh, to come and you know get you know get the exercise. Exercise, yeah. Um, it did some Kaibo and, and shit. She she <laughs> ended she ended up uh, she ended up dying, but then when she came back, demon I guess yeah, demon free. I guess she, oh, she had HIV too, and HIV was gone and things like that. But it's it's crazy because. Um, you could be so susceptible to it and opening to, and it's crazy because I'm, I'm my beliefs have been over mm. everywhere, but mm-hmm. what, what I'm saying is that you can be so success, susceptible to anything without even knowing it, and you could easily fall. I don't want to say like Satan, Satan or anything like that, but mm-hmm. you could easily fall into a trap of some sort or something that you shouldn't have been involved in. That seemed like the right choice to do at the time. Did she pop off though? Did she, was she successful after? Like, Mm, not really. Oh, what a shitty trade. Oh, Uh, see, usually usually (laughs) you get a little bit, you know what I mean? Well, she was, she was popping. Yeah, she was popping. So it did, it did pay off. So yeah, she was, she got (sighs) signed to tour. She was making money, but then that's when she fell sick with HIV and I I skipped all of that. Well, man, I'm telling Ah, you, you, context is important. Yeah. Yeah, if you dude. Look, yeah, if, if you look at what was enticed there, it was the idea that yeah. I would be known by many mm-hmm. and I would have the attention. And I mean, you look at these concerts. Ego. Like how, yeah. Yes. How different is a worship concert or a regular concert or a sports event or a presidential rally? Like Bro. these are all spiritual rituals. Like I was at a I was at a yeah. baseball game yesterday and like the organist would play a thing. Um, bah, 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 and I would clap along. And I'm not trying to be cynical because, you know, these are fun things that we do. But yeah. you want to keep in mind that that is not that much different from the organ in a church that does a lot of call and response stuff with the congregation. Hmm. And so it's all people gathering to observe and worship. And when I say worship, I don't mean like bow or kill their kids. But I mean, like, yeah. I'm giving my time, money and attention to you because I think you're, well, you're, the, you're the most valuable thing. Yeah. And Just- sports worship services concerts um that's the allure right mm-hmm. um i will be god i will be in control i will be famous and i will be loved and i will be the top and so yeah. i think that anytime you have public events like this we don't realize how spiritual they are it might not be a priest but that that's spiritual it's deeply deeply spiritual and from a holistic standpoint if you see what i'm saying also, it's scary now because I honestly believe that what we're talking about is is true. Like we're dealing with metaf- metaphysical forces, you know, unseen enemies, right? 100%. And no matter how, no matter what scholar or how many years of research you put in to try to verbalize these 
multi-dimensional you know ideas it's not going to be accurate or close enough to what it really is it's just a he say she say of like something you can't even physically describe so it's like like yeah it's like a stick figure trying to walk left and right instead of just front and back so with that with that said i feel like um the the want (laughs) to feed the ego is your invitation portal for them to kind of snatch on you know what i mean i would a hundred percent validate that and i think that's scriptural too yeah Um, what's crazy about that dude is because now more than ever i feel like it's susceptible because the people are susceptible because you look in elementary schools this is crazy now i don't know if you guys have experienced this but i've seen people like little kids right write out what they want to be when they grow up and it's not it's not doctors firefighters anymore it's youtuber youtuber tiktok star because that's what my son put on his shit at school yeah man (laughs) yeah so Oh my God! Yeah, so that's that's, yeah. that's that's the world we live in. You know, it's the world of the, it's the world of the self. Mm-hmm. It's the world of the self. We've Selfie. we've largely, yeah, we've largely been able to Selfie. strip. Wow, we've been able to Selfie. strip our world of necessity of relationships, and what's left is a world where I can say me, me, me much more easily than maybe a hundred or two hundred years ago. Just to sprinkle a little bit more on top of that. It used to be where we kind of all grew up. We kind of grew up in the same generation. It's like put your family first. You know what I mean? But after this pandemic, it's fuck the family. It's you got to <laughs> be safe. You got to listen to this. You know, you listen to us because you know you've you. I'm, I'm sure we've all witnessed families t- get torn apart because of what happened. Oh yeah, 2020, 2022. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. But just to segue off that and talk about how important music was even back then. And you, you I, rem- I was reminded of this because you mentioned the organs in the baseball uh, game, but organs, organs were built into the fucking churches and cathedrals. You know what yep. I mean? You don't think it's, yep. imp- you don't think that there wasn't an importance to organs if they built it into the structure. Like well, there's obviously then, power yeah. and like some kind yeah. of resonance frequency magic into that. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, well back something. then, man, can you imagine having to build that with the resources they had back then? Like, or, can you or, imagine or doing like or, or being like this, like looking at the blueprint, and be like, "Where's the organ gonna go?" You know what I mean? Mm. Like that was like right. a main piece that you needed. Right. In the, in the it's like, and it's like the organ is gonna go into every wall and the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, like no, it's but kind of the right. centerpiece, right? It's kind of yeah. the centerpiece of the church. Yeah, and it's like, why is it that these people who are much less well off than us decided to build these ridiculous cathedrals? Mm-hmm. It's not like they <laughs> it's not like they had the construction technology we did. Well, some people say they had better construction technology than us, so who knows? But mm-hmm. my point is that um why did they elevate this so much? Yeah. There is obviously even, a priority to, to yeah, make like, even now that's hard to build. You know, organs mm-hmm. are complex. They like push air and it's like twelve zillion trumpets in the wall. So I could three D print them nowadays. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. As, you know? as a as a musician, how how far, like how 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 much more is the quality um, of music through an organ based onto like a keyboard or an like anything electronic? Oh, this is a great question, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a big part of music that we have lost in the twenty first century is the idea of pushing air. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Because everything's electronic. Vis- Yes. Um, and I discovered this recently because I played I played a bar blues gig, like a nine a nine p.m. to one a.m. sort of thing. You know, nice. just go just going straight up, like you know. Um. 
like 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 hardline yeah. old school stuff like that, right? That wasn't mm-hmm. a clean example. And what I realized is that the amplifier pushes air like viscerally. It vibrates a cone, and the cone goes foosh. Yeah. But no, it, that 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 brings more credibility into the the first uh, instrument being a flute because it it is an, an air. It's a yeah, wind. It's pushing instrument. It's pushing air. Yes, even even string instruments. When you listen to a violin and you measure it closely, what's happening is it's vibrating and it's pushing air out of these sound holes, like the harp. These f holes, oh. like the yeah. big ass harps. Oh. And so nowadays, everything that we play is into an audio interface or it's a virtual instrument. And so I think. Um, a lot of musicians now don't experience what it's like to push air live into an audience and have that visceral in the room experience. Um, a lot of us are very disembodied, especially like worship music, worship music. They hate amps because it's like, you're pushing too much air on stage. It's too Mm. loud, but it's like, that's the point of the experience largely. And so I think to your point, um, the organ pushes air. And if you're ever in a room with an organ, you can feel it. It's not just loud, like it's coming out of a speaker. It like, you can feel something pushing against your chest from the front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost and, like uh, boss music shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, what it's, the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's authoritative. You can't talk. You, you listen to that thing. And I right. think, you know, you look at, um, you know, more like EDM festival stuff. I think that's the visceral aspect of those loudspeakers that people enjoy is it's, it's pushing mm. air, it's pushing air. And it's much different than just yeah. playing uh, digitally. It's a different story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, so that goes into and kind of gives more credibility into you know we, we spoke to Oriz about the different frequencies that the music industry and you know started adopting the four hundred forty four mm. to four hundred thirty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's main, yeah. that's mainly uh, electronic music, or does that even factor into air? Oh, no. So the Hertz refers to tuning. And so I've uh, most musicians nowadays tune to 440. Mm -hmm. Like you said, some people believe that 432 is a warmer and more natural. Some I've played with jazz bands that tune to 441. And I remember wondering why I was so out of tune. And -hmm. it's because they're slightly sharp. I don't know if there's any credence to the fact that one is different from the other spiritually. Um, Maybe it's possible. I don't know. I, I, I haven't looked into that as much. But what I do know is that um, our tuning systems are not perfect. Our tuning systems are a compromise. Um, you can look it up, just temperament, different kinds of temperament. Um, different cultures don't use the same notes as us. So like Indian music won't just use this note and that note. They'll go like sitar music. It's in between. Mm. And so for blues, blues actually steals from this. If you listen to blues players... It's not this or this. It's it's in between. And that's what makes it feel like a voice. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, there's a lot to, there's a lot that I can't, um, I don't understand just yet about that. But um, yeah, it's Indian music is my, my immediate example of something that doesn't use the same notes as we do. Yeah, I feel they like there's a notes. lot there's a lot of things people don't understand about music and stuff. At surface level, it's just what kind of music you like, you know? But then, you know, you start to factor in like air frequencies, you know, the 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 spiritual stuff and how deep like the lore goes oh, yeah. into like music and stuff. It's when it's, yeah. I, I like to call it 
Um, just, just to compare it to like the placebo, I, I mentioned this a lot on the podcast. The term placebo, uh, you say it and it just sounds like, oh, it's fake meds that you, you know your mind is making it work. But let's really break down that philosophy and that theory. It's your mind making it work. Like that's powerful. You know what I mean? So that's some kind of mind magic that's happening because of your will. You're kind of you, you, it's, you're, it's you're, faith. Yeah, you're you're creating some kind of effect. You're generating it internally instead of you know externally externally taking it from from a talisman or something. You know what I mean? And so there's yeah. a deeper there's deeper layers into the term placebo, just like there's a whole lot of layers into music. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. What I will say is when a lot of people say what kind of music they like, what they really mean is which music celebrities do you like? Yeah. Music is much personality and aesthetics driven now than it is auditory driven. Like the music video. It's all, um, I saw a, a really great musician, um, a really great guitarist, post this online the other day. He said, if I don't record a video for my music, does it even exist? And that's the world we live in now, where music has been packaged with the consumer product, with the what is seen rather than what you said is heard or what is intuited or placeboed in a good way. And so I think a lot of music is very... Music has become more visual in the marketplace than it is auditory. And it's become more of a product than a social experience. Yeah. And you kind of have to be on TikTok and be a TikTok dance in order to push your music now. And with that comes like a shorter attention span of where you get tricked off like an eight second, like, like short sample of a song and it sounds lit and you listen to the whole thing. And it's ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to avoid the whole word in case my pastor listens to this. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's get into uh, biblical, biblical accurate angels. And um, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So I, I, first of all, I was doing some research and I raised this question. So it looked like there's a hierarchy of angels, right? Because hmm? we talk about... Um, Biblical, historical, uh, biblical, uh, biblically, biblical accurate angels. We're talking about like the wheel, the offenin, right? We're talking about the seraphim. In the in mm. the Revelation, there were all those beings and 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 angels with four wings. Two of them were covering the faces. Two of them were covering yeah, the feet. Yeah. If you came across that, like let's say you're chilling in the desert with a camel, you fell off the camel and you saw one of those things in front of you, you would freak the fuck out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the question I wanted to raise in the topic I wanted to bring up was the gray area between in the Bible, it accounts for the angels being a fearful encounter with their witnesses. And also in the Bible, they talk about the devil being very beautiful, um, beautiful, you know, um, looking that they kind of they always talk about like a, a sexy being, you know what I mean? Because obviously like humans. <laughs> The sex is like the is the is a one thing you can dangle over humans. I'll make them do anything. You know what I mean? Right, mm-hmm. right. So right. just the difference between the two, and knowing that, and not really de- digging deep into the word, and knowing like the wisdom and the knowledge that you have to be able to digest all this, you could be talking to an angel, or you could be talking to a devil, and it could be an angel, and the devil it's- knows how to speak too, right? Or you could be witnessing an angel, but you were so scared of it, you thought it was a devil, and you're trying to fucking pray to God to get it away from him, you know? 100%. We forget sometimes that we are 
even though I believe um, there is some level of objective morality mm. in to some degree, we are very subjective beings. And you're right. I could be facing the wrong direction and I could mistake a, a devil for an angel or vice mm-hmm. versa. Mm-hmm. And that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the differences in people's belief systems, I would say, is the deception and the distortion of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, to your point about biblically accurate angels, I think you're talking about like how surreal they look, right? Well, just what happened, and if, if, if you know, well, not just how surreal they look, because obviously, like we were mentioning, they're obviously multidimensional beings that you can't interpret physically into our yes. you know, realm. So obviously, six wings looking at eight different directions doesn't make sense to you. You know what I mean? Yep. But yeah. that's kind of what accounts to the Moses seeing God, right? It was a burning bush, not on fire. Like, what the it fuck? Was. Like, what do you, what, what, how am I supposed to? Like, imagine if I said that to you guys. You'd be like, dude, what are you on? Moses yeah. was on shrooms. But but, but that, was the most, that was the most accurate description of what he saw. You know, that's how crazy, uninterpretable it was. Right. Well, I, that's what I love about um, mystical um, ideas is what it, what it kind of accounts for is there's stuff in the world that is outside of our understanding. And I think that is actually very scientific to say. Mm-hmm. Science doesn't say that we can know everything. Science says we know what we can measure and what we've tested. Mm. Right? Real science is a method, not a god. We've treated science like a god where we think if, well, it's only if science says it that it's real. Mm-hmm. But science, we can't, there's a lot of stuff we can't test. We can't test why it was a good idea uh, to save the Jews and why it's a bad idea that Hitler would kill them. You know, mm-hmm. there's no, there's some things that are not really testable by science. And I think what spirituality shows us is it's not that we're not being scientific. We're just saying there's stuff outside of science that exists because underneath science is a lot of philosophical assumptions. Like we can interpret the world. Who says we can interpret the world? And so I think this sort of like Lovecraftian science fiction uh, mystic curiosity about God and angels is healthy for us because it reminds us of our place, right? Yeah, it's and good it's, for it's, it's good for us. It's it's yeah. it's good for us, and I think it's it's honest to it, the human experience. And it's been consistent. Like I feel like if you get into the inner society of science, like the top minds are trying to connect to God, you know, like they've gotten tired of this physical realm that they're doing crazy shit to, you know, get drawn colliders and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, science (laughs) can tell you, yeah. Science can tell you what is, it can never tell you what should be. Mm. And what should be is the human creative image of God element that we can't really measure with science. And I'm not saying it's not real. I'm saying it's just above that, right? It's it's a different sort of thing. It's like, why is it unethical to mix human DNA with animals? Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Why? It's For some scary. reason, we... Th- yeah, but why is it scary, right? You're 100% right. But we mm-hmm. never think about why do we think this is scary? We assume it's because we're just moral people. But where did we get that idea of morals from? Now, I'm not saying it's the Christian God or the Buddhist God or whatever. What I'm saying mm-hmm. is they're just... You can't make a materialist argument for morality or human dignity. You can't do it. Hmm. I think that goes back, though. If we talk of, if we're talking about how did we get morality, Hmm. like how did Adam and Eve know they were naked? And that's part of being moral too. Hmm. It's like, oh shoot, 
you know? Oh, mm-hmm. so I think we could rewind that mm. all the way back. You know what I mean? You're right. It goes to the foundations of who we are as people. And I think we've tricked ourselves into thinking that we're rational beings. Now we mm. do have rationality, but what's mm-hmm. love? What is human dignity? Why do I create yeah, um, yeah. shelters for the homeless? Why? Evolutionarily, who gives it? Who, who, ca- who yeah. cares? Yeah. They're weak. Who cares, man? I, I should care. Disabled people should not be taken care of. Now, don't take that. Don't, don't clip that. It's a clip. clip. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? There's a reason why I'm compelled to have compassion. It's not evolutionary mm-hmm. beneficial to me. Necessar- it might mm-hmm. be. But I think there's something to be said about um, this, the spiritual realm being um, a foundation for that. And I think the the angels as messengers of God as like, Hey dude, you're out of your league right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think that's a a big part of the shock and awe of it. That's a perfect segue to what I want to talk about. Are you familiar Nico with the uh, nine choirs and the three spheres of angels? No, I'm not actually. Um, I said, are you talking about the hierarchy? I don't, I don't know. actually. I I think it's the hierarchy. Um, So I guess the three spheres are like, um, Hmm. Because certain angels are closer to God, right, than um, mm-hmm. other angels are. Like, the term angel, actually, like, they're like the foot soldier angels. They're, like, on the bottom bottom. And there's guardian angels. There's seraphim. There's cherubim. If you guys don't know, um, cherubim was the was the angel that kind of, that guarded uh, the gates of Eden after. Um, yes, the flaming Adam sword. Yes. Genesis 3, you're correct. And then what the off and in was the wheel that that Ezekiel saw. Ezekiel one, you're. I'm happy you did your research. Totally, I was going to yeah. bring that up. So just why I bring up those those verses and I bring up those accounts because those are actual biblical evidence of different types of angels, right? Correct, different types of angels, or even different um, divine beings, whether they're God or they're created gods that have rebelled. Beautiful. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's some level of mystery that we can be okay with. Um, faith is not all I know everything. Faith is I know what I know based on what I know. And what I don't know, I am okay with not knowing it. And so this is a big, a good example of how do you measure um, a seraphim versus a cherubim? I, mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah, that's but, a great but there point. Is, a, but there a is a point. distinction. There is a distinction that you're, you're, I like how you impact it. There is a difference. We don't exactly know. Mm-hmm. But there's something there. I like right. that. Um, no, you brought up a good point because, like I said, all this, all these things we're talking about in religion, like it's very, it's very abstract, multi, like out of our dimension. So, so it's almost like this is the analogy I'll give. It's almost like a blind person who did DMT and they're trying to tell you about their hallucination. It's like what, dude? Like, you know I love I mean? that. Like, like I, love that. I saw these things. <laughs> yeah, you, your reference of forms is different from mine, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, like, I do don't you know I what see? you're saying. Yeah, trying to describe the color blue to a blind person. Yeah. No, so. that's exactly what we're dealing with when we talk about spirituality. It's that. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. So it's crazy because I I, I bring up the, the, the nine choirs, three spheres, because another – the second sphere – so, so the first sphere consisted of seraphim, the cherubim, and the th- and thrones. I think thrones were like the often in, which is the wheels, right? And You're I think about the council, yeah, yeah. I think I think they said that 
because the, the often and always shows up with two, I think they're cherubims or seraphims on them, but two, two on mm. um, like Griffin, like angels mm. with four faces facing all four directions. Right. So mm. there, there's, there's um speculation that the often and might be a vehicle or the actual chariot of God instead of mm. an actual angel. Right. But the second mm-hmm. sphere, the outer sphere, they're actually like philosophies, like dominions, angels who are associated with leadership, virtues, angels who are associated with performing miracles and supernatural it's events. concepts. Yeah, they're concepts, right? So if you go back to like a blind person trying to describe their trip, like what are these things that we're labeling? Like, like oh, um, um, like regimes, you know, religion, different like political groups, like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they're 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 theories and their ideas to control behavior. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think those are subtle angels that you don't even really think about, like that are forces out there that might be, you know, manipulating yeah, or affecting like, our physical yeah, reality. It's fucking crazy, were, man. It's as if they were personified, right? Yeah, right. And it's, um, I'm gonna borrow this from Peterson. Peterson before he got all political. Mm-hmm. One thing he talks about that you notice that everyone that's angry acts the same yeah and you say possessed by anger yes Mm -hmm. it's a psychological phenomenon who says there's not a level to that that is also spiritual and so like you said it's blurry it's very blurry what we're talking about but you can Mm -hmm. be possessed by anger the physical state but it's also kind of like a mini personality right Mm -hmm. everyone that's angry acts the same they don't listen they don't care they're out for themselves. They're very jumpy. They have a fight or fight or flight response. Yeah, a bunch um, of. If AQ. I was an ancient, if I was an ancient person, I would go. He's possessed by the anger, dude, by right. the anger spirit. Right, but he's that's a different that's person. How, yeah, yeah. He's. I don't even know you. Who mm-hmm. are you? Yeah. Um, I'm angry. They didn't have psych. Yeah, they didn't have psych. <laughs> they didn't have psychology back then, and so they. My guess is they explained it by person personifying these things. Now, is that true or not? Not. It's okay to say I don't know. If you if you zoom back, it's like were we more spot on in calling someone possessed, or we were spot on calling someone bipolar? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. wh- where where are we closer to? Like, which one of those definitions is closer it's to what's blurry. actually happening? Right. It's it's, it's pretty yeah. cool, uh, interesting thought experiment. Yeah. But just to and wrap it up. To- yeah. Um, go ahead, Nico. Really, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna just a quick clarification. It's not to deny possession, right? But it's also not to deny mental illness, mm-hmm. right? It's not like we have to choose. What we can say is we don't understand. We don't understand everything that's happening, but there's probably multiple variables at play, and we can mm-hmm. treat that and deal with that in different ways, and that's okay. I think that's okay, right? Right. Um, just to add on to what we we're talking about, the third sphere. These angels, look, principality, which is just a, you know, that's not even like a physical, you can't even personify that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Archangels, which starts to, you see how in the lower threshold of of angels, they start to become humans. Like an archangel, you can kind of personify that. They have names like Archangel Michael, Michael, you know, Gabriel. Gabriel. Like they actually have names. They're not like often in (laughs) ceremony. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the lowest that's, a, that's an interesting the interesting lowest um rank is angels. So what I was talking about is um we so we had Juan from the Juan Juan podcast and he always uh suggests the book uh by Gustav Le Bon. I think it's called the group psychology. And there's something that happens when 
um, you enter a group. You know what I mean? You start to value the greater good instead of your own personal. Depending personal, on what the group believes. Depending on what the group and how your your um, your interaction and your your rank is with the group, right? Whether you're still trying to prove yourself, whether you're you're the head of the table, this is not. But the point is what you said about like building these um uh you know helping out homeless and stuff. I feel like that ends up happening when you enter that group psychology. You know what I mean? Whether yeah. that's a psycho- psychological idea or theory or whether that's one of these angels coming into play, you know, subtly, I think that's a that's a pretty interesting thought experiment if you look at it with these lenses. And if you grow up with the upbringing of the spiritual side and, the, you know, the science side. Hmm. Pretty crazy. Which is where I like to dance around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but my question is, why well, I brought this all up and I'll open it all I'll open up to the guys and everybody here. Fallen angels, right? That's what the devils are. That's what um Satan is, that's what Lucifer is. Based on this hierarchy, is a fallen angel just an angel that fell from a hierarchy, or is it one that actually crossed over to the devil zone? You know what I mean? What do you guys think? Nephilim. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, right. That's what I'm thinking that's too. Because, uh, I mean, then that's when they started, uh, you know, you could say mating, <laughs> uh, procreating with, you know, the women here. That's why there were, you know, giants, uh, possibly even the other creatures that to us seem like fantasy or fairy tales, but that they could have died out as well, you know, because of the flooding. We could think of like, mm-hmm. I don't know, a lot of uh, like maybe dinosaurs, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. some kind of lizards, some kind of vampires, <laughs> things like mm-hmm. that, dragons. Uh, those are, th- that's what I'm saying. So uh, fallen angels, Nephilim, you know, just crazy times. And then that's when the flood came wiped out all those unnecessary creatures out you mm-hmm. know we had the male and the female and they procreated and <laughs> good give me one second okay yeah take your time damn jermaine remember when you said uh satan was and lucifer were different people instead of like my thinking of that they're all the same yeah fucking crazy <laughs> Yo, this shit's crazy though. I, I I like looked into, I like went down deep rabbit holes into angels and stuff. And mm-hmm. dude, I I remember seeing when I was a kid. I remember going down to the basement and I wanted to go play fucking Super oh, yeah. Nintendo. Right? I think I told you guys this. I wanted to play Super Nintendo. You told me the story. Yeah. Because the the Super Nintendo was in the basement. But that day, all the Full cousins were Jumanji. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. So I went down. The basement was kind of sus and scary. So I went down and I peeked. You know, I, have, I felt this like airy, eerie vibe in it. So I peeked in, and in the corner I saw these red eyes staring back, and it looked like fucking like a like teddy bear eyes. You know, the glare mm-hmm. or like cat eyes yeah. or whatever. And so I fucking looked. I turned the light on and it disappeared. And I turned it off and it appeared. And I kid you not, man, all the hairs in the back of my neck stood up. I got goosebumps and I ran upstairs screaming like i made such a scene the maids my mom came down like what happened i was like hey there's something in there and not 
up until today, I kept thinking that what the fuck did I see? Was that like some kind of demon, some kind of cryptoid? You know what I mean? But what if it was an angel, bro? You know, the Nintendo light. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> the, the power light was just on. It's like, oh shit! I carried all. I carried this trauma all the way just for fucking like Nintendo light, the glare, <laughs> the power light. You know, the system. <laughs> yeah. But man, yeah, I mean, like these things like strike fear like ima- imagine the danny you you've done dmt imagine just like you're sober and then you're driving working and then there's a dmt entity next yeah. to you fucking telling you the <laughs> telling one you, danny, the one waving to me to come to follow her like danny <laughs> you got to live a better life bro <laughs> <laughs> okay you got to change your ways bro but yeah, going back to what we were talking about, do you think it's more of a dropped in rank or you think it's a you're out of here? You're a devil now. You're fired. You're fired. I think it's like someone who broke out the, the oldest time breaking out of the system. Uh, you know, they didn't fit the society anymore because they became a free thinker. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't think it's if we want to talk spiritual, then yeah, someone who's straight away from an angel lifestyle, I guess, and started being their own person without the, the ideals or ideology that's been presented to them by that spiritual world, you know? Yeah. It's pretty sus because like, I mean, you see it now in today's society, if you say something, you get demonized, right? Exactly. It's a witch hunt. Yeah. You get witch hunted and get kind of treated like that. Yeah. So think of it this way. It was like, that was the, the oldest, uh, form of cancellation. <laughs> well, well, yeah, He's canceled. Yeah, you might what call it. Fuck? You might call it excommunication, right? If you're yeah, exiled. Now, oh yeah. But we got to make it uh, so the TikTok kids can understand is who was canceled. Canceled, yes. Yeah. So cancellation is not the same as being dem- that <laughs> when we're talking about ex- um, excommunication, for example, there are many Christians who were excommunicated from the church, and so. We don't want to make the mistake of saying that just because I've been canceled from church that God has canceled me. Mm-hmm. That's a distinction we make. Um, the church has not always been the real church. It depends on how you define the word. Now, in terms of um, angels themselves, I do think there's a level where when you talk about an angel who's fallen, yeah, there is. It's 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 a it's a matter of where they're aligned. Are they aligned with God or themselves? And so I think that would be now it's not that God doesn't care about you. That's not what we're talking about. It's does are you aligned with God's purpose for what he made you to be in that hierarchy? Now, if I disrupt that hierarchy and I try to be God myself like an angel might, mm-hmm. then we're talking you've fallen in the sense that I no longer respect the hierarchy of the created order and then shenanigans happen. Right. Mm. And so it's similar to our definition of Satanism earlier. And so I would hesitate to say that if you fall away from a culturally Christian lifestyle, that that makes you satanic. Uh, It could be that the church is satanic. Now, I also want to caution and say that just because we have our own morality that we think is right, it doesn't mean we're lined up with God. And so that's the trouble of theology is the minute we say there's a God, there's something out there that has a say on what is right or wrong in my life. Mm. That's really inconvenient and it's not it's counter to our culture and i understand why 
um, that's a very valid reason to leave the faith is I don't want God bossing me around. I get it. Now, mm-hmm. whether or not God should be allowed to boss me around, Christians think that God should have that authority. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. we, we have to distance ourselves from thinking that allegiance to God means allegiance to Christian culture. That's a very beautifully put, beautifully put holistic way. And there were many Christians that were killed by the church. Tell them that weren't culturally Christian, but believed, I mean, Jesus was killed by the Pharisees. And so Jesus Jesus was, Jesus was canceled and persecuted by the church. Like, what are we talking about? Right. And so we can't define um, Christian or righteous or not by cultural affiliation. That's, I think the thing we need to watch out for. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that because also um, I, I really went down a, a thought experiment when I I watched Dahmer. Right? What was? Can you tell me what Dahmer is? Dahmer is a that serial killer that cannibal. Yeah, he 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 went he went wild. He he was a cannibal. Hmm. He molested boys. Um, <laughs> but anyways, he did he did like horrific things, but. When he finally got caught before he died, I think he accepted Christ. And mm-hmm. so there was that uh, that question of, was him accepting Christ enough for him to go to heaven after? Or was that just like, a, you know, or what had what he what had he had done in the past outweighs, you know, the salvation. And, and it made me think that that's not up to anybody. Right. That's ultimately between Dahmer and God, because. Christianity, they they always speak of it doesn't matter what your sin is. If you really make right with God, like then then anything is possible, right? But who's to say, like, if I were to make myself right with God, you guys as witnesses could be like, I don't think he was really, you know, I don't he kind of smirked a little bit. I don't think he's taking it seriously. Like it's not under anybody else's interpretation mind. And that's what Jesus meant when he says, Do not judge. Yeah, he just didn't mean that we can't observe sin or nonsense in people's lives because he did a lot. What we're saying when he said, do not judge is I, I don't have authority over whether you're going to heaven or hell. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not my judgment call based on my culture to say it's that mm-hmm. humility. And I think you're right now. Obviously, there's a common sense aspect of it where there's some stuff that's really clear. Like you don't go around genociding people and then say that you're going to, you know, that you believe. Because there's there's a fruit aspect, right? Like that that condi- the condition and direction of your heart is what God is after. That looks like stuff you do. Now, right. whether or not I can measure that, that's that's an unknowable thing. Except for my uh, in the at three a.m. when I'm talking to God, I know <laughs> if I'm a hypocrite or not. You don't. Yeah. You know. But I think that's the the other thing with theology is we know. In being free from the fear of man and the idea of fearing culture or alignment to culture, we ultimately, God can now, we now are now judged by God. And so when people say only God can judge me, that is not a comforting thing. That is scarier than being judged by people. Mm-hmm. Right? Because now all my bullshit, all of my crap, mm-hmm. hiding it won't make it go away. Right. And that is terrifying. I'll admit it can be scary. And how 
Yeah, well, it's it, going back to Dahmer. Like, you can kind of fool everybody. You and fooling everybody, that domino effects into you fooling yourself. You know what I mean? So, correct, man. I I love that's that's something that is in the book I'm writing. You're 100 percent correct. Hypocrites oh. fool themselves and not just others. You're 100. Mm-hmm. percent The biggest fool is yourself. At yeah. the end of the day, isn't it? Hmm. I agree. So it raises a question. Um, so angels can fall. Nico, right? Yes. Can demons transcend? You know, that's... Can they be forgiven and, you know, get back into angelhood, maybe? That's a good question, and I don't know. There doesn't seem to be anything in the Bible that describes that process. Now, it's possible that because demons are not on a timeline like we are, Mm -hmm. it's it's, it's hard to say they were once fallen and now they're not. It works a bit differently. And so there's a bit we don't understand. Like for me, I can say that I was blind and now I see. For an angel or a demon, they're not time bound. And so mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying? It's it's a bit hard to explicitly say what that timeline might look like. Um, or like, can you be, can you go back if you've always betrayed God and will never not betray? It's You see what I'm saying? It's, it's mm-hmm. four six dimension stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> so maybe, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's okay to say, I don't know. And I don't know. Right. That was, that was a, that was a question I had like a long time ago and it hasn't been answered because like, there is no evidence of it. You know, you don't hear any legends. You don't hear any tales except for us being sinners, being able to, you know, are, are we the examples of demons going to fucking heaven and, and yeah. transcending back to angels? <laughs> yeah, well, it's it is it is it is interesting. Like you said, there's a, um, yeah, what we don't know about demons is what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And actually, C.S. Lewis, who is a prominent Christian author, one thing he believed is, and this he said this was speculation because again, we're allowed to speculate. We're not allowed to claim random stuff as truth, but I can guess. I'm allowed mm-hmm. to. Do. He guessed that the reason why Satan rebelled is because he said, "Why did the humans get the image of God?" flesh um why do they get to repent why do they and so i think um some theologians believe that satan fell out of being jealous of humans that's Mm. actually one theory and that's lewis is like a like chronicles of narnia he wrote that so this is not like a some weirdo in the corner of siberia or whatever this is like a mainline author and he's allowed to speculate just like we are and that's what he speculated I love that, and um, I feel like we can all agree because we kind of grew up in the Christian community. One thing that really turns us off on just any religion is the closed-minded aspect of, no, this is what's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd like to ask you guys, actually, like, what is your guys' experience? I mean, you guys look Filipino. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Uh-huh. Some of, but one of you guys is from – one of the guys was from – what what Latin American country was he from? Guatemala. He's, he's he's from fucking like a different dimension, dude. He's still trying to <laughs> He actually and took off to his other form. dimension right now. Yeah, so. yeah like, he's got those rings going, right? Yeah. He... <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, Latin American countries are also very Catholic. Mm-hmm. I'm yes, curious yeah. what your guys' experience are is are with the church because a lot of people now turn away from the church, but I think a lot of them for good reason. And so I'm right. curious what your guys' experiences were, you know, as oh. somebody who I had my own journey away from the church and back. And so right. your guys' story um, is with that. So my experiences are just 
you know, I grew up Catholic. I'm now more agnostic. I believe there's something out there, but we'll never know until we're mm. at that point, you know, but I, I'm very open to everyone's beliefs. You know, I don't, I don't like to crap on your beliefs. You know, that's mm. something I try to be mindful of, but um, the one thing I noticed is just, you know, in, in the beginning, everyone seems so nice, you know, it's like a cult almost so welcoming. And then you get in and you find out this person's doing this, but on Sundays, everyone's like all of a sudden free of that sin. It didn't make sense to me. And um, I started to meet yeah, yeah, the hypocrisy of it. And, you know, and there's people within that community that are being protected for things that shouldn't be protected only because he's being protected because he's deemed the, a brother in the church or, you know, or a member of the church. And it just, that's just something I couldn't get by. And um, it's like evil. I said, you, yeah, you yeah. meet, you meet people who hide behind a cross, you know, let's just put it that way. They hide behind the cross. Everything yeah. they do is going to be judged by God. And that was always something I was so annoyed about hearing. It's like they could do whatever the fuck they want because at the end of the day, God, they were they were only going to re, um, report to God or Jesus or whatever they want. And that's just the thing. And it's just you know like the whole love thy neighbor, but then people also hated people because of what? Or these same uh, people they, go to church. They go to they, church, yeah, and they hate you because of the color of your skin or. You choose to love a man or a woman, you know, it's, but you come to church, you're you're cleansed. It just, I couldn't get with it. And, you know, I, I, I gave it a chance. I went to the church where Jarrell was. I wasn't really talking to Jarrell at the time, but um, as a friend, because I, I you know, I, I just, I, I might've seen you too, Nico. I don't know, yeah, but in the same church because yeah, and I that it was just back in high school, maybe. Yeah. And um, my, I was my mom was in, yeah. I was a my, kid back I may, I may have seen you. Yes. Possibly. I mean, I know you know my 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 wife. <laughs> she knows you. <laughs> Who's your wife, dude? Uh, Bea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. watching the pod right now. Shout out, Bea. <laughs> hey, Bea. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of, like, you see how fake people are. At Bea, church. Jermaine's nervous right now. No. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Uh, <laughs> I'm watching what I'm saying. No, but be my lover. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. No, but like I said, I'm I've I've also met good people there. I'm not going to discredit that. But it's just I couldn't my my personal reason why I kind of pulled away from the church because I couldn't be stuck to one ideology of who the god is. It's just it was no disrespect to I understand people are go hard for Jesus, <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's, that, that's, that's okay. But for me, I felt like the world <laughs> is such Christ. a vast place and there's so many things in the unknown. And it just, I just felt like I was boxing myself into learning one belief. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. I think, think <laughs> um, a lot of people fall into the Gnost, uh, agnostic or Gnostic of Agno- uh, agnostic yeah. um, belief of just, you know, I don't claim anybody, but I do believe there's a God. I think a lot of those are people who grew up Catholic, grew up relig- a Christian, but something happened and they're like, no, nah, I'm turned off by the whole community of it. But there is something in those teachings that still resonate with me. No, I mean, man, yeah. I, I 100% agree with. First of all, man, I relate to that a lot. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think the church needs to acknowledge. Like we tend to shut people up like that. That's not good. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We need to talk about this. 
And yeah. all of us are people before God. I don't, I don't care if you attend a church with a cross on it or not, right? Or devil horns. You know, I would be honest. I, there was this one. I, <laughs> I love you, it. <laughs> you bringing that up kind of just unlocked a core memory at a church I went to a long time ago. Mm. When I was a kid, this lady, she stood up. And in front of everyone, she was kind of like questioning it, right? And I remember the, the pastor was just mad. He was like, no, you, you're you're speaking the tongue <laughs> of the devil. And I was just sitting there, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And as a kid, you know, he's, he's like, the devil is within her. And I was a kid. I was scared. I was like, oh, shit, the devil is here. And he yeah. was literally throwing the holy water at her and she's like what are you doing and he's oh like, man he's like i'm trying to cleanse you from this belief Damn, he made a scene because of that yeah, oh yeah. and God. i remember just sitting there i was like i don't like this man it's kind of creepy and i remember my parents they were like what the fuck was that yeah. like you know do you mind if i do you mind if i unpack that for a second that's really i love that um yeah that's what you experienced with that pastor is is an example of dualistic thinking I think is what we might call that. Okay. It's basically whatever my culture, it's basically morality as an axis of yay or nay to a certain culture. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of like uh, extremist, like either my way or the highway type of thing. Yes. Um, not acknowledging that morality is a context based thing. Mm. Uh, you're allowed to have doubts. You're allowed to question and you're allowed to consider where you're aligned. And I think the dualistic thinking of the church has been, yeah, it's, the axis of my morality is what I'm used to. And so that pastor, um, that's a very dualistic way of thinking where he's not acknowledging that there could be another perspective or this lady might be right. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people, and I, I love, I respect agnostics a lot, man. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's a really valid place to be, 100%. Um, I think that agnosticism is very honest because we don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. um, what I will pick a fight over respectfully mm -hmm. is um, atheism, because atheism says there yeah. is nothing. Now, mm -hmm. how do you know there's nothing? Even science can't tell you that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, agnosticism, I respect that a lot. It's very open. Now, what I will say is that agnostic, Christian, atheist or not, we all have to do our due diligence to be honest before whatever the frick this morality thing is. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes whether I subscribe as Christian to use a cross, to hide behind the cross, as you said, mm -hmm. use, which by the Bible doesn't condone. It says, if we sin, does grace increase? Mm -hmm. No. That's what it says in Romans. Mm -hmm. So so that's bullcrap. Um, the people that you have seen, that's not a good fruit. And I would say that's hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Now, but we can also, many people also hide behind, I don't know, as an excuse to do whatever we want. Mm -hmm. So... I will say that it's very easy for us human beings. Either way, you notice the dualism of Christian or non-Christian. If I get too deep into either of those, it's instantly satanic because I'm saying my way is the right way. Right. Mm. And so however dogmatic you are on either way, dualism is the quickest way to saying Satanism. is It's me. It's my way. My mm. experience is the experience that dictates what is real. And I think that's where dualism happens in culture. That's dualism in, in the political parties, right? We mm -hmm. can't have with nuanced views. They're this or this. Um, it's like a false matrix. Not like the matrix, maybe. But I mean like the matrix, like a, like a graph, mm -hmm. right? The false mm -hmm. coordinate system of what character is. And so I'm, I'm sorry you experienced that. And the church shouldn't be that way. But <sighs> Christians are Filipino too, I suppose. <laughs> My oral church, Darrell knows this maybe. Sometimes Filipinoness got in the way of Christianness. 
For mm-hmm. sure. For sure. Oh yeah. Hey, um, you know, it's, that's human nature. Um, it's all we know sometimes. And when right. we're blind, when we're up against the wall, when our, if you're a pastor, when your income is at risk, they'll lie through their teeth mm-hmm. at the end of the yeah. day. What are they going to protect? Right. Right. I think it's, it's about important the donations. To know, it's important <laughs> to know too, that like, cause I love your definition of Satan because like you, you rip away the horns, the tail, the red thing, and you just look at this, like the spirit of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're just egotistical. You're kind of just out there for you. You know what I mean? Kind of like, like Sh- Shane from Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the thing is, is like it's important to note that Satan didn't come from like hell. Satan came from like heaven, right? Correct. So that's Correct. where it's like it can be like a selfish ego type of parasite more of more than like an antichrist anti-hero right. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so you know that picture of jesus arm wrestling satan and it's like if you don't like then, then <laughs> oh crap that's a great example of dualism mm-hmm. because it's saying that you know evil in from i would say uh the philosophical view also but christian damn i'll just interject right here oh, um, i think agnostics are like the people who've been hurt in relationships. So they stay single. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't, I believe there's something, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But but I think everybody needs some time to think about it. And so take your time, you know, and I'm not saying you have to arrive anywhere, you know, but just think about it. That's all we, that's all we can do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, for me, it's more of like, you're not going to know if there's anything there or not. And, I kind of like it to be kind of that mystery too, you know. There's people out there who use religion and make it their life that they're they're looking for that answer. But mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. it's just more of like, you know, I, I want to look into it. I want to learn about it. And when we find out, when we find out, and I'll and if there is a God, it's like, oh shit, he's here. And if there's <laughs> nothing, it's like, oh okay, there's there nothing. Is. You know, it's just, um. Right. I, I, I want to be open to it because there's so many gods, there's so many deities, there's so many... You, everyone has a belief in something, and it's just, which one do I want to flock to? It's just, there's too many. you know. And typically, when you look at it, all the religions, they all kind of have the same story. It's just a different person. Mm, similar, but I would say there are key differences, right? Yeah, no, definitely. There's key differences to pertain to their viewpoints, obviously, but at the end of the day, there's very strong similarities between Agreed. all of these religions. Agreed. I, yeah. so I, I would think, say I think everybody, I think everybody's agnostic, but religion is their hypothesis of what it is. Just like we said, That's about a good way to put out, it. just like the blind DMT trip. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. what do you, what do you know about the fucking multi dimensions? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Based right. on someone else's, like at the end of the day, like, it's your interpretation of it. And right. And who knows if God is speaking through like the new member of the church, you know what I mean? Because, you know, like, like, like I said, angels come in different forms. They don't come in attractive forms. You know what I mean? Right. right. For you to be a pastor, that's very egotistical to be like, no, that person's speaking like demon and, you know, start to do what they did to the church that you said. Yeah. (laughs) The power of Christ compels you, bitch. (laughs) Well, what I will say is that Jesus himself was homeless. And mm. so Jesus would have been kicked out of a lot of modern churches. And Jesus lost and gained and lost thousands of followers overnight because of what he was saying. And so 
And he challenged a lot of ideas and beliefs, yeah. right? So when we talk about Jesus as a person, mm-hmm. not as our idea of him, Korean Jesus from, from 21 Jump Street, right? <laughs> In Jesus dealing with Korean shit or whatever, right? Have you heard of a uh, Japanese Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Korean Jesus that. is buff. We'll talk about that briefly, Nico, before. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like if we look at um, Jesus himself today in ministry, Jesus would not be a successful pastor. Mm-hmm. Now you have to yeah. question what's That's wrong, Jesus or our definition of church. Mm. I always said that, Nico. I always said the church exiled Jesus. You think you could find like Jesus in the mega churches that were the same churches that, that had him crucified? Right. Well, because these, these churches, mob mentality and i'm not maybe people can get saved i'm not i don't want to judge right. ask the wide net sure I, I like i play at big churches sometimes i like lights you know i'm <laughs> a musician but um what you do observe is that the question i always ask with these churches is how much of your salvation is a consumer contract mm. how much of it is an actual life change right? right and it's not easy to say and that's why i think the altar call is problematic right yeah. Just up, it does not mean that my life has been committed because that's a thing that I did. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, if I just do that and I don't exhibit any of the fruit, it's like, okay, well, you walked up the altar. The church said you were Christian, but are you? Right. I'm not trying to gatekeep this, but what I'm saying is just, mm-hmm. it's just common sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's like saying, if I, if I, minute, finding my soulmate means I hold their hand. Now I'm going to hold a lot of hands in my life and I'm going to get heartbroken every single time. If mm-hmm. I think. Right. Right. Same thing with altar calls, you think that an altar call commits your life, but a lot of people in our culture, because we associate it with like a contract thing, a lot of American Christians think that if they sign the contract, I've become Christian. Mm. Not that simple because we're not, tra- that's a transaction. That's a capitalistic way of thinking about it. And I'm not critiquing but I'm saying that it's how the market economy has influenced our view of salvation. Mm. Yeah. Interesting for, for me, I'll share mine because yeah. I don't think I've ever shared with you what my beliefs in Christianity was after that. I'd love to hear I, it. I left the church. Um, after I left the church, it was undeniable. The feelings and the experiences I had with the church. I mean, we were part of the youth group that was really on fire. God yeah, Pastor Godfrey, shout out Pastor Godfrey. Pastor Godfrey came in. Like what we felt was real. I don't care what anybody says. And that's the kind of thing I'm telling you about. Like they said that if you're atheist, just do DMT or mushrooms and then you won't be atheist anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd love to ask you. <laughs> Curious. I'd love to ask you guys about that at some point. But yeah. Sure. But what I was what I was saying is um at the end of the day, because you know, I had that thinking of, well, let's talk about I spoke to some people from the church. I'm like, so what happened to the missing 18 years of Jesus? And they wouldn't have any, they didn't say anything, you know? And I'd be like, okay, well, since you have no answers, can I say what I've researched? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I'd tell them that and they'd be like, oh, no, no, this, this, this and that. I'd be like, well, how are you so sure to negate it if you didn't even know anything about it to begin with? You know what I mean? Dual, dualistic thinking, man. And so for me, I was like, okay, it's not Jesus. It's the church because it's never been Jesus. It's always been the church. The church is the only 
body or entity that changed their their feeling and their tone on Jesus. Jesus was always a young, curious person that had conversation that pushed the boundaries. Yo, if Jesus was in around these ages, he'd probably have a podcast, man. That's kind of why I'm doing this right now because you got to be Christ-like at the end of the day. And that's kind of the... The main philosophy of being Christian, you know, you be Christ-like. It's your relationship with Jesus. So I kind of, I kind of just minimized or, or minimalistic, or turned my my belief in my religion system into a minimalist mm-hmm. type of just be like Jesus. You know what I mean? At the end of the right. day, you don't have to subscribe to all the churches, this and that. It's just what would Jesus do, and that just makes everything more simple. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well. Um, this goes into like, we can talk about church history and all the things that happened mm-hmm. where looks nothing like it did in Jesus's time. Right. And interesting discussion to have because it brings in a critique of Western culture as well. Tell mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's crazy because we're going to talk about uh, Japanese Jesus and we're going to talk, and that goes into a whole rabbit hole of Indian, in India, Jesus and Britain, Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. Really? As crazy as it is, if you're not married to your beliefs of like the 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 tale and the legend, like it's there there's there's it's there's some pretty hard to deny um evidence and and uh and parallels in, into the account. Mm. So uh yeah, like my my question too was does at the end of the day, does Jesus want to be remembered as this like, you know what I mean, mega Christian deity, or does he want to just be remembered as a hey, just you know, be a good person to each other? Then that, don't overcomplicate it with you know what I mean, all this other man, shit. That is the question of a lifetime. Ah, if I could ask, so, that'd be the first one I ask, man. Stab at it? Is that okay? Can I stab yeah. at it? Handle. I don't want to dominate. No, yeah, go know? ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, man. Um, no, that's a good question because it's a question of who do you say I am? Mm. Um, that's the question that we have to wrangle with because, you know, we can't, we simply can't ignore atheist, agnostic, Christian, Buddhist, Muslim or not. Who the heck is this guy that influenced like all of history past when he was living? Mm-hmm. Like, who is this guy? And I think that's what we have to wrangle with right now. You're, you're right in the sense that sometimes we overcomplicate things. We turn Jesus into Korean Jesus, Filipino Jesus. British Jesus was used to conquer the world. Hmm. Now, who's to say that did Jesus come to... In the hmm. Bible, the Jews expected Jesus to overthrow Rome and become the Jewish like military dude. That was their idea of the Messiah. The reason Jesus was killed is because he didn't come to do that. Hmm. Now, every culture thinks that Jesus is that for them, hmm. right? Like, like implicitly, um, my pastor's Korean and he'll tell you there's an element of Korean culture, Christian culture. That's very pro Korean, not pro Jesus. It's pro Korean. Mm, interesting. And so that's dualism again, but, um, wow. in terms of the, who Jesus is, you're right. We have to look at his words. Jesus's words are very countercultural, but they don't fit in either of those boxes. You said, mm-hmm. which is hard. It's hard. And I'm saying that as somebody that's been, I'm struggling with this. I have my doubts too. I can share that later if you want, but I have my doubts too. But Jesus was very interesting. Um, He seemed to reduce things down to, like you said, it's the condition of your heart. It's the balance of your being, your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it's the direction of yourself. It's 
where am I investing my time, money, and attention? It's the parable of the steward, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what do I do with this, with this, with this, right? Now, Jesus, although he made it very common sense, Jesus also claimed that he was God. He did. Mm -hmm. And so there's a theological reality that's weird about Mm. Jesus. And it goes back to Jesus was fully man and fully God. Mm -hmm. That is the paradox of Christianity that no, nobody will ever understand. And that's really the central doctrine of Christianity that we have to swallow. How could a miraculous being like God be a person that's bound to time? It's hard to think about. And Mm -hmm. so I think you're right. There's a, there's a level that which Jesus is very cosmic. Right. Jesus is also very personal, and that is weird to us because we're used to cosmic being bigger than us. But Jesus is the cosmic order of the universe, and the person that made the universe, like talking to you on your level. Now that can be comforting or scary, right? Comforting mm-hmm. or scary. And I, your question is the paradox of Christianity, and that to to piggyback, no other religion believes that there was a fully man, fully God. Yeah. Um, there's always some level of that man became God or that God um, reduced himself, but we're talking essence was coinciding at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so there's an element of paradox to it going back. I sort of like that because for me, it's the unknowable. And I think that, that it feels right to me um, that we, we, I struggle with that too. It's like, how can Jesus be my friend? And he made. <laughs> right, right. I don't understand how there's a paradox. There's a paradox. There is. And that's a faith thing. Hmm. So is now going into Jesus' life, and like I said, we'll get into like Japanese Jesus and all that. And it's crazy <laughs> that you said Britain Jesus was used to conquer the world because, yeah, you're right. Like what was the main alibi to, to colonize the world, right? Yeah, man. Religion. And, <laughs> yeah. What was our – what was our – impetus as well spaniards to take over the philippines of mm-hmm. which we all experience the colonial effects of that mm-hmm. or the impetus for us to slaughter the native americans now it's not like they were great either but slaughter is not good in general and so right 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 you're right there are there are jesus's we might call that anti-christ bro in, because the word anti means instead of not again the idea of antichrist as against jesus is dualistic because it's again it's it's whack Anti mm-hmm. means replacing. And so anytime I replace Jesus with something, mm-hmm. we can keep it simple. It could be Britain Jesus. It could be Britain. my income. Yeah. Right. right. Who knows what Antichrist is? All I know is. If you think about it in that concept, man, the Antichrist is already here. It's right? been here. Crazy to think about now if you think about it like that. Been here since the beginning of the Bible. Sheesh. But he puts anything over blower. Or when I say creator, I mean to make it more accessible. Whenever you think you're the authority and there's no other authority above you, mm-hmm. when you're no longer accountable in relationship to something that is bigger than you, instantly that's Satan and that's Antichrist. And that makes Revelation a bit easier to understand, right? <laughs> it's right. not like six and like it's a character thing. And we wrestle. I, I, Nico, the deacon at Center Church, becomes an antichrist every day. Mm. <laughs> I'm telling worship <laughs> leaders become antichrist every day. Yeah. And that, why else would people leave the church? They 
People join the church not because of Jesus. They leave the church not because of Jesus. So you have to ask yourself, is Jesus really there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because Andrew asked me the last time, or somebody asked me the last time I was at church. I think it was Will. Shout out to Will. And I was like, man, I hadn't been to church since Jesus was there. <laughs> I remember that quote. That's <laughs> I like it's true, man. Now, of course, that's not to say that we can ignore the fact that fellowship is necessary, right? And so just because there's a fake church doesn't mean there's not a real church. Mm-hmm. The question is, what is your church? What is your what is your faith community that holds you accountable, right? Mm-hmm. And so just because there's a fake thing doesn't mean there's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. So my understanding of Britain, Jesus, let's just go into this right now. Um, let's do it. The 18 years that Jesus was gone, I guess uh, in the Bible it says that he ran away, his family ran away to Egypt, right? That was, yes, he was around two or three probably. And then from there, there were no accounts up until he came back. And that's kind of when he was developed, you know, got baptized by John the Baptist and all that, right? 30, yes. That's a long time. And Bro, I, I I say this all the time. Those were the Hakuna Matata days of Jesus. You know, that's when he developed Out like, his philosophy, his his uh his his belief system. You know, yeah. um, and it's crazy to think because back then, even when he was young, he'd just disappear, and just just to give an idea, imagine you're, you're like four or five year old disappearing, and you find him like in, the in, temp- in a classroom talk- talking to all the professors and. You see him and he's like, hey, why are you looking for me? You know, like I'm just, I'm just doing my thing, you know. So it's it's not unlike him to just disappear for 18 years. But what is the uh, um, the common agreed idea of what happened in those 18 years? Fascinating. There are a few things that we know for sure. One is that Joseph disappears. Mm-hmm. Chances are. He I heard he died. Yeah, because I don't. I don't, I don't see Joseph just up and leaving. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like, what? I can't do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this. right. Well, maybe <laughs> you say my son. I didn't even. I didn't even. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, he might. We don't know now. What we do is crazy. What we do know is that we he was called Jesus, son of Mary, not Jesus, son of Joseph, and so. Mm. Uh, Scholars believe, at the very least, however it happened, Jesus was raised as a single in a single parent household for a lot mm-hmm. of them. Yes. Oh, that he was made fun of because the religious leaders said we weren't born in sin like you, implying that Mary had had an affair. Hmm. And so there's an element to Jesus that is broken household, ostracized, and he was a day laborer. So we do know that for at least some of his life, he was working with his dad to some extent. Um, on carpentry, which is menial, like blue collar labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why they said, how come he's speaking with authority? Because it's like, if, if somebody showed up to the Christian college and started like hammering the professors and it's like, this guy came from, I don't know, um, name back country place where there's no education. Mm-hmm. Like, where did he, why, how is he like this? And so um, that's what we know for sure about his upbringing there are accounts that talk about potentially what happened. I don't know why they're not canon. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that um, it does make sense to me, though, that 
as an eyewitness account, we wouldn't have seen a lot until he started his ministry. Because if you think about it, everybody that wrote the accounts of his life were his disciples mostly. Interesting. And so yeah, I, that's true. I, I can see where there's a level of mystery. Now I, I, I can't imagine Jesus, like Jesus went through puberty, dude. What was that like? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Right. Yeah. Dude. Like I, I don't, you know, people think it's sacrilegious to think that Jesus had sexual desires, I'm not saying he did anything about it because that's, mm-hmm. we don't believe that, but he must've had that. He was a human. I mean, there's a theory that he went and studied like the Buddhist monk stuff and even the no, Buddhist, really? but in the Buddhist monks, like they're all about um, ignoring the physical, you know, sensations or temptations that were, 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 were uh, automatically programmed to have. And so it would make sense for, for God or Jesus to be an ethereal supreme being that got trapped into this physical shithole that we're in. I to do, have to deal with the programs and the hiccups that we have. You know what I mean? I do respect so, Buddhism a lot because Buddhism is probably the religion that is the most similar to Christianity. Right. So, bro. Same, same but. Mm-hmm, it's not the same. Is Yeah. Buddhism, what Buddhism is really good at. This is from a Christian's perspective. Mm-hmm. What Buddhism is really good at is detaching yourself and emptying yourself from the world. Mm-hmm. Now, Christianity talks about that, too. What Buddhism talks about less, I would say, is what you fill yourself back up with. Right. I think that's the distinction as a biased Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an emptying in Christianity that oftentimes we ignore. And when we don't empty, we get Korean Jesus. Who's but buff as hell. Yeah. But, but when you fill yourself back up, the question is, who matters then? What mm-hmm. matters? And, and I imagine Buddhist has, Buddhism has some answers to that, too. Right. But the Holy Spirit is a more concrete answer or maybe a more abstract answer, depending on how you think about it. Like, so, so I love this conversation with you because you're open-minded and you entertain like the crazy theories that I could bounce off because I have a lot of research about this, man. And I wanted to know what you thought, you know what I mean? And you're not just here, oh, blasphemy, like <laughs> curse you and then spraying holy water on your screen. Water my, screen. <laughs> no, man, my hope is that I'm not talking too much. And I'm sorry if I am, but no, I no, 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 no. No, I would love no. to hear what you guys think too. But. So this is, these are my questions based on the conversation that we have right now. And Please. I want to get everybody up to speed with my research. So we spoke about Joseph passing away pretty early on. The theory or idea of that, right? Um, are you familiar with Joseph of Arimathea? Arimathea? Yes. He was the guy that Jesus, um, he contributed to Jesus's tomb, I believe. Yes. I guess like he asked, for Jesus' body after Jesus was crucified, right? And he put Jesus' body in the tomb that he had made for himself, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I guess there was a, a re- research that says that he was possibly the Virgin Mary's brother. Oh, I did not know that. that I, I, could, I could see that to make sense. So the crazy thing about that, Nico, is um, I guess Joseph of Arrhythmia he was a, uh, I think he worked in the tin industry, right? Mm, I did not, I have no idea. This is new for me. Yeah. So uh, uh, from, from my research, tin was, was, uh, was really big and booming in England, in Glastonbury. So mm. he would take trips over there to um, either take jobs or to import tin from there to Jerusalem or whatever. Interesting. I did not. So the theory, and, there, and I have like evidence to back back all this up uh but it might have been bashers bashers eyed into you know using jesus as the 
Britain Jesus in order to, to mm-hmm. conquer, right? But back in Jesus' days, like trade routes were were common. Like they had the Silk Road. Um, so traveling from like Jerusalem or Israel to Egypt to Japan to Glastonbury, it sounds crazy because our concept of that time is is pretty shitty. But it's possible, right? Like, didn't no, yeah. didn't Doubting Thomas go to India to, yeah. to preach? Supposedly died in India. You're yeah. Church tradition does say that. And so some apostles went to Ethiopia. I forget who. But mm-hmm. a lot of them died overseas. And so Crazy, right? There's a very real possibility of that. Now, it, all we can go off there is church tradition. Mm-hmm. But that's what we've heard. Right. It, it's 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 nuts because so these are quotes that that people have have said about um, Glastonbury being a holy place because of Jesus' presence there. Mm. So William of, Mal- of Malmesbury, twelfth century historian, said, "In the whole of England, there is no spot more full of religious wonders than Glastonbury." Mm. C.S. Lewis said, "Glastonbury is a place where a Christian can easily believe that there was once a great pagan sanctuary." Um, John D. I don't know if you're familiar with John D. Glastonbury is the holiest earth in England. So there's a lore around Glastonbury. I think you know? of Glastonbury as that one Muse concert. <laughs> <laughs> About Glastonbury, actually. <laughs> so just to go like deeper into this and to build more um, evidence into this theory, the Druids, who were uh, like you know the ancient Celtic people of the British Isles, they were like the wise men with extensive knowledge of like nature and religion and spiritual beliefs over there. But it was said that Jesus, you know, the same Jesus that would talk to people like, like a pastor when he was like five back in Jerusalem and Israel, he was doing that with the Druids over here in Glastonbury. So he was, you know, bouncing, he was chopping it up with them, talking to them about their religious beliefs, you know? Interesting. I've never heard that before. So I guess the Druids believe in their, de- their de- deity of the Druids are a trinity. It's a trinity type of, uh, of uh, concept that they have. So it's said that the 18 years that Jesus was missing for, he, he went to Japan. He went to India or he went to um, Britain with Joseph because Joseph being the the brother of Mary and since you know Joseph died he mm-hmm. kind of took on the father role and kind of raised Jesus under his under his oh, wing cool. you know what i mean so he's like hey come with me we're going to go to Glastonbury do tin and stuff and from there you know Jesus would disappear and talk to druids <laughs> man that's this is what i love about faith is that we're allowed to ask these questions mm-hmm. I have, yeah but i'm going to look this up afterwards and i'm going to i'm going to get back you, to you yeah, I'll send you a whole documentary about it, man. It's 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 pretty crazy. It's it's no blasphemy towards Jesus. It's just like, you know, it 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 builds up to still why he believes and why he's pushing. Like, you know what I mean? The, human- the, the Christian way. You know what I mean? It's crazy. So, um, apparently, the unofficial uh, anthem of 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 Britain has has a lyric of, of, uh, of Jesus walking on the land. I think it's, it's, it's called Jerusalem, the unofficial anthem of Britain. So mm-hmm. for them to even put it into like a draft of, of the, of the anthem means that there's some kind of history or, um, you know, some, well, the, some well, substance history, in it. Yeah. Well, the history of the church is really interesting because I feel like the church stopped being the church when Constantine Christianized Rome. Mm. 
because then it became an institution that became fused with pagan beliefs and it became um, a way to legitimize the empire's rule over certain areas, right? Right. And people say that Britain was an extension of the Roman Empire. That's a commonly cited word mm-hmm. because if you, you know, it's the global city. Yes. Right? And so I, I do think that there is a legacy, like you said, of Christianity. There might be one like that. I've never heard that one before. My mm-hmm. take, my understanding of it is thing, where very quickly, um, a lot of the Christian. Damn. Mm-hmm. Just to, to fill in the, the time while he's getting his connection right. Um, yeah, it, it seems like just to kind of build off of this. Jesus, historically, being from the Middle East, wouldn't look like Jesus that you see depicted in mainstream media being, you know, the Chad Jesus with the, with the light skin, the perfect beard, you know? I, I heard... Yeah, the wind blows through my surfer hair. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? Turn the <laughs> other cheek, bro. <laughs> yeah. Flip while you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, right, I heard that... um it was, I heard Caesar Borgia. I heard that he had all the um, art of Jesus destroyed and recreated, but with his face. So that's yeah. kind of what they well, pushed. Yeah. That, that's what they pushed as the image of Jesus. And that's what, when kind of they bastardized their the religion and started using it to colonize and take over. Yeah. Well, Jesus always looks like the conqueror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, but- if you think about, I, I read a blog post about this that has long been deleted and I can't find it anymore. But one thing he said is Christianity is a faith of the oppressed. Now, I'm not saying that majority ethnicities can't. What I'm saying is Jesus as a person was an oppressed minority by Rome. Hmm. And so when we go come about Christianity from the majority perspective, now, obviously, we're Asian, so maybe not. But American Jesus is sort of a... Uh, it's like saying Roman Jesus. It's but the Romans, mm-hmm. so it's sort of a paradox. Yeah, it's almost blasphemous, right? It's the baggage we bring culturally into our understanding of good. Mm. It's our cultural baggage, right? Mm-hmm. And again, of course, if I believed in Jesus in my self-centered way, the Native Americans look like savages, right. right? And hey, maybe you guys like appreciate nature, and you guys don't believe in ownership of land like we do. Hey, maybe like. Some of that is right. We're going to show you who Jesus is, but we're not going to be dicks about it. We're not going to like yeah. <laughs> you. You know, it's it's not like Jesus has to be British or Canadian or American, but we make him that. And that's dualism is introduced. You, you see what I'm saying by dualism? Mm, right. It's introduced. Jesus looks like me. Therefore, you're uh, you're accountable to Jesus and I get to decide what Jesus says. Mm-hmm. The minute I acknowledge Jesus as the minority, a lot of churches should really think about how they deal with racism. Yeah. They really have to think about it. Oh, man. I've been to some pretty racist churches, man, and they worship the hell out of Jesus over there. Yeah. yeah. Man. Who, which Jesus? Yeah. Why Jesus? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Sometimes those churches are wearing their bed sheets. <laughs> right. That's the, that's the Holy Spirit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's funny um so being a deacon and being like a a christian scholar what are your thoughts on the the dead sea scrolls 
because that was a pretty groundbreaking discovery as far as like mm -hmm. just the text is that everything was based off right yeah 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 um you'd be surprised how much physical text there is for the bible a lot of people say that the bible was invented over the centuries and mm -hmm. that to some degree um there were councils and we did debate over certain things about interpreting the bible the dead sea scrolls were a land uh, a groundbreaking thing because when we discovered them we looked at it and it was like man this dates to like right around that time and it's all like 99% the same as what we have now. Mm -hmm. And so actually, if you look at the text, what you'll find is that we don't question the Iliad, not as a religious text, but as the same text that it was back when Homer, that Homer wrote the thing, right? Mm -hmm. It has much less manuscripts. Like, I don't know, it's like in the teens or something. And they're like fragments of the, the manuscript. Right. The Bible has kajillions of manuscripts. And so I'm not saying that the Bible is true or false. What this says is the Bible texts are the same as the time that they were written. That's what that significance of the Dead Sea Scrolls is. It's the argument that we have the same thing that they had. Mm. I'm not, it's not an argument of like, it's old, so it must be true. It's an argument of, we still believe the same stuff that they did. Mm -hmm. okay, our faith text is the same. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's mm -hmm. almost like it, it, it validated what we had already came up to a conclusion with right? yes yes like ex exactly it's more of like it's more of like testing to make sure that it didn't like get lost in the language drift mm, okay that's so, more of, yeah the, the reason i bring that up and you brought up which books are canon was um i feel like the book of enoch was a very controversial book correct mm, yeah um i don't know much about it, it to be honest with you but so based on what you know about it, I mean, Enoch was mentioned in the Bible despite the book of Enoch, correct? I think the book of Enoch is actually quoted in like first Peter or something like that. Really interesting. Yeah. And so admittedly, it's interesting when we talk about the canon of the Bible. Yes. Um, and that's something that I'm still wrapping my mind around. Uh, um, mm -hmm. It's hard to say because there might've been a book that was lost. At, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, there might have been a book that should have been included or not been included based on the imperialist ideas. I, I don't know. But right. what we do know is that um, my shallow answer to this, and I need to do my digging, is mm -hmm. that a lot of the scholars over the years compiled the canon of the Bible based on the narrative of the Bible. And so they compiled stuff that was relevant to the narrative of the Bible. So, for example, um, Star Wars 1 through 6, 7, 8, and 9 don't exist to me. <laughs> Star Wars 1 through 6 is canon, right? Now, there's Rogue One. How relevant is that to a required watching of the story? Ah, I see. Now, it's not to say that... Didn't yeah, happen. but you could, you could argue that some, some of those sub-movies really bring more understanding and substance to the whole you know, universe and this overall storyline, right? We'll, we'll wait till he gets his connection on. Yeah, because um, I know the Book of Enoch is what, there's a lot of speculation about it because of because maybe it wasn't chosen to be canon. And wasn't it one of the texts that they did find in yeah. the Dead Sea Scrolls? I, I don't know, but mm -hmm. I, see, I can see why, because again, it was quoted. Right. I, 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 what I heard you say was, 
oh, there's some books that really enrich your experience of reading the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do experience that because we do read the church fathers. And the church fathers are like early church figures that wrote stuff. And Christians, mostly scholars, do read those to get an insight into the culture at the time. Um, we don't consider those scripture. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. We consider those writings about scripture or writings that are referenced in scripture or that reference scripture. Does that make sense? It does, but it also, because, I mean, I, I bought the book of Enoch and I did some research on the book of Enoch and man, hey, it's crazy, what, bro. What, what were the surprising things you found in there? I, are, you, are you ready for this? Let's do it. Okay. Um, so <laughs> they talk, okay. They go further into detail about the hierarchy of angels, right? And they also tell you how to summon angels. And they also tell you about the angels that have um, uh, procreated with, with females here that led into the Nephilim, which ended up becoming um, Goliath. Uh, Goliath, right? And, and all, the, all the weird fucking creatures and cryptids that we see in the Bible. The- and, and they say that the... Uh, they were really brief on the flood, but they say that the flood was brought to wipe out the Nephilim. But, you know, the canon version was because mm. they needed to restart the world, right? Right. Well, there's a level that both of those things can be true. Because mm. the Nephilim um, were characterized mm. as men of renown, right? And right. there is evidence that, again, the world back then was jacked up. Mm. And I, I, this is more of, um, again, drawing from that Michael Heiser Unseen Realm stuff. Mm-hmm. That era of history explains a lot of our mythology from other cultures. Now, the interesting thing is that, um, okay, I don't know if I believe this or not, but there's that guy who talks about like the ancient flood that wiped out all these ancient civilizations, and we don't yeah. know more then, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if I believe that or not, but that makes sense to me. Like, mm-hmm. how much would there be with a global flood? And so it bears to say, I don't know, it's possible that werewolves vampires i'm again i'm not being unscientific i'm saying i don't know could have been a thing i'm doing some research right now um yeah so is who gets to decide which which books are canon and it seems like it's almost being gate kept like it feels like Based on your experience, and I know you had some experience with a church, uh, a previous church too, and that almost just kind of validates that there is a problem with with the whole Christianity as a whole because of the gatekeeping, um, yeah. Yeah. gatekeeping aspect of it. It feels like just, just the same thing that we were always saying. I mean, like the, the, like the British Jesus. They obviously there there might have been really some historic accounts of Jesus going to Britain. But it was taken, bastardized, and then, you know, almost uh, turned into a way to just to just go conquer people and colonize people, right? Right. And so you're saying... Um, so what I'm saying is, is there, I mean, the further, for, for the people the, at the heart of a Christian, it's to seek the truth, right? Yes. You should always be questioning. And it's almost like the scientific method of you're always trying to prove something wrong, right? And, yes. and it's and it's just because you're you're not doing that to prove someone wrong as an asshole is because you're so obsessed with finding the truth and finding you're, what's right you're protective of the truth you might say yes so so is there 
almost like a governing body that once you kind of dig deep enough yeah. and you kind of get into like, okay, maybe if you uncover that Jesus was uh, actually, you know, a half man, half goat, you won't believe what we're believing in and you leave the church and then all our prophets will go down the drain. Is but, there a governing body that okay. like gatekeeps like I, that? That is one of the, that is also a great question. I, I love this great question. There were councils in history where there was a lot of nonsense that was introduced early on. So, for example, some false prophets would preach that Jesus was not man. Mm. And so the councils entered in because they said, hey, man, um, there's a lot of hearsay about what happened with Jesus. We need to canonize the story before it gets all effed up. Mm. And so my understanding is they canonized the books and letters that were relevant to the church at the time. Ideally, that's what happened. Now, were there councils later that F things up? Maybe. Uh, it's possible. Um, my understanding of it was that it was protective of hearsay from the original story. Because again, there, there are people that came in like the Gnostics and they said Jesus was not really flesh, if I understand that correctly. Mm -hmm. So that changes things, right? Because it's like, oh, Jesus is just flesh. That has ramifications for morality because maybe I don't have to follow his example because he was a ghost, right? Mm, right, right. So I think there were, to a degree, it was protective of the original story. I would love to believe that's true. I'm open to what you're saying, which is it's possible that this could have been gatekept. And there are movements today that say that the Apostle Paul should not be included in the canon. Wow. That's whack because largely Western Christian faith, almost all Protestant faith is like mind out of Romans. So it seems like if Jesus came back next week and he had a MAGA <laughs> hat week. on, he had a MAGA hat on. Yeah. Nobody would believe him. Even, even though maybe he was homeless like Terminator and he just needed a hat. And that just happened to be the hat he took off, just like Terminator. You know what I mean? Yeah, because we're all very virtue signally. <laughs> we're, very, we're very symbolic about our clothing, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, true. It, just a red hat can can signal people. It doesn't even matter what it says. Yeah, what this discussion is showing, which I love, is in our culture, whether it be Buddhism or Islam or Christianity. Because information travels so fast, 98% of faith is unlearning things rather than learning things. Mm, right. I'd say for all of us, maybe that was our experience growing up at church is mm -hmm. my faith for the past eight years has been gaining clarity, not by learning, but by unlearning. Yeah, well, it's crazy because like I, I talk about this all the time when you wake up from the matrix, like there's so many programs you have to uninstall before you get to, you know, like a baseline to, to, to start to program yourself in yes. order to be able to live how you want to live. It's being like a child, as they say. Mm -hmm. Man, well, I'll definitely shoot you the documentaries I, I watched. Um, I'm going to watch those because that interests me quite a bit. Yeah, so just to leave a cliffhanger, it talks about Jesus going to Japan. Um, yeah, it talks about him going to India, too. And that's kind of where he, he he developed, like, you know, because Christianity and Buddhism do have a lot of similarities. Mm -hmm. And so I think he went to India and 
I think the first city that he went to, he didn't agree with people. So it put him in danger already because he felt like everybody was equal. And in India, there's a hierarchy over there. Yes, caste system. Yeah, so he he ran away or he, he kept traveling and he ended up finding the, a monastery. Mm-hmm. And the monastery has like a bunch of documents and manuscripts of, of teachings of him. But I'll shoot you that. And um, yeah, man, we're hitting that two-hour, 20-minute mark. This is a long podcast. We're definitely going to book another episode, man, because we have a lot of talking points that we probably didn't get to. I am Plenty. really... I'm enjoying this. Again, I, I hope this is useful or interesting because, again, it, it's stuff that we think about as in in this world where we do have a lot of mixed narratives. Mm-hmm. What narrative and what relationships frame my life? Mm-hmm. Right. With religion, it's a question of, like, where is my time going? Where is my money going? Where is my attention going? And this becomes very practical because it's not like we all know what we worship. If we all knew what we believed, we would understand all of our dreams. Mm-hmm. But there's stuff going down below the surface that we don't understand as people. That's why we have psychologists. Because I don't, I, don't, I don't know what I think. I don't know what assumptions I have as I grew up. And so I think Christianity, and I think anybody who thinks critically, um, we do have to do that diligent work of really testing what we believe. Um, not cynically, but also not gullibly. Mm-hmm. There's a balance that has to be had where you're you're not susceptible to propaganda, but you can listen when you have, right? Mm-hmm. That's hard. It's really, and it's only, Christianity would say it's only by the Holy Spirit that you're empowered to do that, which for me makes sense because it's so stinking hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I have that frustration. Um, I have doubts too, you know, so... Yeah, well, I think keeping an open mind and entertaining a conversation, not just being closed-minded and like demonizing anyone on the other side of the duality spectrum, definitely um, opens the gates more into Christianity than shuts them and, you know, shoots people out that are curious. Yes, there's a saying that I love, and the saying says, all truth is God's truth. Mm. Now, you have to evaluate if it's true or not, right? Mm -hmm. But... All truth in essence is God's truth. And so assuming that we lived in a world where information was not biased, um, I think, again, we're, we're very open-minded. We want to be open-minded about the truth. Now, of course, it depends on, am I labeling what is true based on bias? Am I lear- un- labeling what is true based on what my parents said? Am I labeling it based on the experience I had with my dad or my past mm-hmm. or mom? And so that is where faith becomes very, very uncomfortable for, for all of us. Because oftentimes, man, and I'll, I'll be really vulnerable and really talk about the struggle. And I don't want to, and we, we don't too long, but a lot of people's problems with God is their problems with their relationships. Hmm. Hmm. And I'm not trying to say that to say, like, you can't have problems with God. You can. But a lot of it comes from that. <clears throat> Whatever we see on authority figures, we externalize onto the deity, which is whatever mm-hmm. the standard is. And people leaving the church because of pastors being evil. Bottom line, I get it. Mm-hmm. But second thing is I wish there was a forum for people like that to unpack what happened. Right. Because it doesn't mean that the faith is false. It might mean that you believe some of it is false. But just because fake dollar bills exist doesn't mean there's not real ones. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. I think that's the... 
posture. Dude, there's, there's real dog. There's real. Oh wait, I thought you said million dollar bills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like there's real million dollar bills. <laughs> like the counterfeit doesn't prove that there's no real thing. That's beautiful. And so I think that's the healthy skepticism that we have to live with as people of whatever faith you are. I think that if you have that posture, and it's harder than it sounds. Mm-hmm. I think you'll arrive at the, the right place eventually. And my belief is that that's Jesus. That's just my belief. Hell yeah. Well, Nico, for the listeners out there that want to follow you or, or um, keep in touch, where can people find you, man? Yeah, man. So I'm a musician, as you see. Um, my website is nicomiguelguitar.com. It needs updating. Nico Miguel Guitar. That's the, my same handle on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to invite people, if you're in the SoCal area, um, the church I go to is Center Church. This Friday for Good Friday, we're doing a a live scoring of the Good Friday um, story. And so I composed four movements to sort of go with the narration of the story. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's one thing I can plug. Um, besides that, I just teach. You know, if you want to talk theology, if you want to talk music, I'd love to talk theology and music, as you can see, because I talked a lot today. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, awesome. okay. we probably could have gotten two more hours, man. I still have a lot to say, but that we'll definitely book a second episode because there's a lot no, more to unpack. I love hanging with you guys. And next, man, I would love to hear what everybody else thinks. I, I, I didn't. I don't want to take up all the time, but I, mm-hmm. I appreciate. Yes, religion's a lot to unpack anyway, so we're gonna have to talk more. So yeah. I, we're, not, we're just scratching the surface. <laughs> we, <laughs> we really are just scratching the surface. Well, the crazy thing is, like, even the people at the top, even the gatekeepers, are still having these same conversations. You know what I exactly, mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. No one has like the all-knowing. There's nothing definitive. It's mm-hmm. all hearsay, and it's just about what makes sense to you. Yeah. If if everything was easy to know, we wouldn't call it faith. Yeah. Damn. We're reaching for something here. Um, mm-hmm. that- seems to be self-evident that frames our life but we can't articulate it perfectly we know we ought to do something but we don't know what that is but we we feel guilt mm-hmm. why it's it's the human question even if it doesn't look even if you don't wear it as a religious thing you mm-hmm. can wear it as politics ethnicity social justice whatever it's all religion all religion. sports sports all religion all of it everything is religion Hell yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in, guys. If you want to stay connected with us, you can join the Discord. Link should be on the website. That's k4v3.com. Continue the conversation and get access to members-only events where you can win some prizes. Nico, thanks for coming on, man. Jermaine, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for coming on. We'll catch you on another episode, hopefully. Thanks, guys. Want to want to play a riff to sign us out? Sure, yeah, man. Outro music. It. Johnny be good or what? <laughs> oh, first outro. I'll play. I I can play something. Um, I'll play a solo piece. Uh, I'll make. Okay. I'll make it quick. Thank you.